0: Man, things have been interesting over in Europe today. The president is uh, doing something that I've wanted to see done for a long time. And uh, some people have questioned over the last 30 years, but this president is the first one that I can remember that has questioned how much the United States puts into NATO versus the other countries.
1: This isn't the first time he's done this.
0: Uh, about he, he, he talked about NATO during the uh, primary campaign, and it needed to be talked about, and some president needed to go over and tell Europe uh, that we're not in this to— uh, pay all, you know, the majority of the money, we pay about 25% of all the money that NATO uses. In fact, uh, the last numbers I have, I I looked it up here today, how much does the U.S. give to NATO? That's my question. The latest numbers that you can get is 2009-2010. America's contribution to NATO's military budget, provided through the Department of the Army's operations and maintenance account, is just under 25%. The U.S. contributed 408 and almost 409 million and 431 million, respectfully, in 2009. And 2010. Now, you add those two together, you're pretty doggone close to a billion dollars in two years. A billion dollars. That's according uh, to June 10th, 2011, Congressional Budget Service. That's what they come up. Uh, I've got this here. It says, um, we pay... Nearly 25%, Germany 14%, and 13 other allies pay less than 1%. You know, that's a pretty good deal if you can get it. Seems to me. You know, get your Heine protected, and we paid the majority of the cost. We carry most of the freight, so I can understand why. Uh, Trump is, is questioning a lot of this, and uh, so a lot of people are upset because of what has happened uh, and what Trump has said. Uh, look, here's the big one right now that's got everybody's panties in a, in, in in a bind right now. Is the and and, it, and by the way, the media is misconstruing it, taking it out of context, and was saying that Merkel uh, is at is a captive to Russia. Now that that's not exactly uh, what uh, the president said. The president was talking because of where they get their energy; they make themselves. And set thems, themselves up to be a captive to Russia, because to to be honest, the uh, Germany gets most of their natural gas uh, through a pipeline, and so we're going I want to talk about that here at the beginning of this hour. Next hour, uh, in the, in the uh, from the top of the hour to the bottom of the hour. Colonel Terry uh, Schaefer will be with us uh, to talk about the president and some of this pressure that he's putting on uh, the Germans. Let's play. Let's play cut three. Listen to this give and take about energy that Trump had with uh, some of the folks uh, from uh, the German administration.
2: And when Germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with Russia So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia. And I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Uh, Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70% of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate? I mean, I've been complaining about this from the time I said it. It should have never been allowed to have happened. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia. I think it's something that NATO has to look at. I think it's very inappropriate. You and I agree that it's inappropriate.
3: NATO is an alliance of 29 nations, and uh, there are sometimes differences and uh, different views, and also some disagreements. And the gas uh, pipeline from Russia to Germany is one issue where allies uh, disagree. But the strength of NATO is that despite these differences, we have always been able to unite around our core tasks to protect and defend each other, because we understand that we are stronger together than apart. Uh, I think that two world wars and the Cold War thought was that uh, we are stronger together than apart. Um,
2: but uh, how can I'm, you be together when a country is getting its energy from the person you want protection against or from the group that you want protection?
3: Because we understand that uh, when we stand together also in uh, dealing with Russia, we are stronger. I think what we have seen is that... No, you're just
2: making Russia richer. Well, you're not dealing with Russia, you're making Russia richer.
3: Well, so I think that even during the Cold War, uh, NATO allies were trading with uh, Russia. Then there have been uh, disagreements about what kind of... Uh, trade arrangements we should, we should I think do.
2: trade is wonderful. I think energy is a whole different story. I think energy is a much different story than normal trade. And you have a country like Poland that won't accept the gas. You take a look at some of the countries, they won't accept it because they don't want to be captive to Russia. Mm. But Germany, as far as I'm concerned, is captive to Russia because it's getting so much of its energy from Russia. Mm. So we're supposed to protect Germany, but they're getting their energy... From Russia. Explain that. And it can't be explained.
0: You know it. All right. And it can't be explained, and you know it. Uh, I agree with what the president is saying. They're buying their natural gas from the Russians. That is the number one export that Russia has. Russia is using that export to build their military and to carry on some of the provocations that they get involved with in other places in the world, like Syria, the Balkans, things of that nature. Without that money, they'd have some serious things going on. It, uh, when uh, you know the USSR all fell apart, the only thing that saved their, their ham, to be honest, That's a nice way of saying their butt is uh, they found quite a bit of oil there in their own nation and they could start exporting it. So, uh, Christiana Amapour, and I think she's still reporting some for CNN and ABC. She had her say about this. And I want you to listen to. To what she says, because there's not just the left saying this. There's some people on the right that's saying this. But I want you to listen closely to it and see if you can't hear the big holes in their argument that you could drive a truck through. Uh, That's cut number five. right?
4: Christian, as we said, the European leaders, they were expecting tension. They knew these were going to be tough meetings. But this was the breakfast before he even arrived at nato headquarters he went in there to send a message the president did and he did it clearly and loudly and with the sharpest of sharp elbows you know it's even much more than that it is unprecedented it violates every norm of an alliance specifically i'm talking about the word captive and controlled by when he refers to germany and angela merkel being controlled by vladimir putin and russia it is unprecedented language it is a real threat to the alliance it's a threat to the democratic liberal post-war world order that harry truman himself signed into into being with the nato declaration seventy years ago and that is what really worries the alliance right now they are very very nervous that this alliance as well as the g7 which we saw crumble in 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 disarray back in june in canada are being put at threat by the united states right when they need to stand up to Russia, who obviously President Putin, uh, or rather Trump, is going to meet right on the heels of the NATO summit. I conducted those two interviews with uh, Ursula von der Leyen, the German defense minister, and with the U.S. ambassador to NATO, the former Senator Kay Bailey Hutchison. They are also concerned. You heard the German defense minister push back. This is not a side deal to NATO military spending, as President Trump uh, declared. This was a 15-year-old pipeline treaty with the Russians, way before Russia annexed uh, and invaded Ukraine and took over Crimea. So it's apples and oranges what's going on, and it's a really, really tense moment, and we'll wait to see precisely what comes out of it. Does President Trump leave in the same way that he left Canada by pulling the U.S. signature off the final communique? That is their worst fear at NATO right now.
0: All right, so is Trump the only one who believes that these other countries should be paying more than they're paying right now. I mean, the United States paying nearly 25 percent, 13 of those allies in NATO only paying 1 percent. Let me take you back, 1984, I did some checking and I was right. Sam Nunn, front of a congressional committee, said that if Germany, France... And England, they just picked the big three there because uh, if I take 84, I don't know if Poland was part of NATO yet. They were already trying to break, they were, trying, they were wanting to break away from the Soviet Union. They were a satellite at that time. I do not believe that that was when they joined uh, NATO. I didn't have enough time to do enough research to come up with that. But here's what I do know. None said at that time, That if the other nations didn't start paying their share, and at that point they had already skipped a year of payments in 84, that he was going to come back to Congress and was going to make a specific move that the United States moved their troops out of Europe. Now, that's a lot stronger language than what the president has just said. President is basically just making the argument that Europe has got a sweetheart deal going, and then they turn around and do billions of dollars of business with their enemy. And in fact, by doing those billions of dollars of, of uh, trade with their enemy, They help their enemy get stronger. Now, if they don't buy uh, natural gas or even oil from the Soviets, pardon me, the Russians, who could they be buying it from? How about the now biggest producer of oil and natural gas in the world, the United States, your NATO partner? The person who's been protecting your citizens, who's been keeping NATO afloat for low these many years. I mean, they've been doing this thing with Russia for like seventeen years with that pipeline, and they've let them go into uh, you know the Ukraine. They've let them do what they're doing over in Syria. They've never gone to Russia and say we're gonna not we're not gonna do business with you guys anymore. We're cut. you, you can't. Go ahead, cut the gas off. We'll get it from the United States. Don't do that. They're not prepared to to do to do that. They'd much rather take their take their natural gas from their sworn enemy. So I'm all about I'm all about what the president is trying to do to put pressure and, and leverage on these uh, NATO countries. In the next hour, we'll talk about this with a, a colonel uh, to that. Uh, has been in Europe, and he's going to be talking about it with us. Stick with me. we got more to say about this. This is a big deal. Finally, the United States is saying enough is enough. And by the way, why is it that the left doesn't want this president to put America first? I mean, that's what he's doing here. He's putting America first. Dave Ellswick's show, 21 minutes after uh, after two, don't forget about Aero Plumbing, aeroplumbing.net. is their website. Go there to get all the information you need to be able to contact them, to be able to have them come out and work on whatever the problem is at your house or your business. Well-trained professionals show up dressed like professionals. No more pencil holder uh, for you to see while they're working. Uh, all drug tested. They'll be coming into your house or your office and wearing shoe covers. They're not going to be swearing around your, uh, uh, you know, the work areas that they're going to be at. And if they do, well, 100%, you don't have to pay for that service. If you're not 100% satisfied with the service you get at your home or at your business, they'll refund all your money. They've got all the technology so they can bore underground instead of tearing up your parking lot. Tearing up your slab or tearing up your driveway or ladies tearing up uh, the beautiful landscaping that you have. Aero plumbing, only plumbing company I've used the last 14 years. Great people. It's aeroplumbing.net or just go to Google and Google Aero Plumbing. Now, I want to go back again and and play this piece with the president. Again, uh, that's cut number three, Russ listen to what the president says and listen what the guy from germany has to say
2: and when germany makes a massive oil and gas deal with russia where you're supposed to be guarding against russia and germany goes out and pays billions and billions of dollars a year to russia so we're protecting germany we're protecting france we're protecting all of these countries and then numerous of the countries go out and make a pipeline deal with russia where they're paying billions of dollars into the coffers of Russia. So we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia, and I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that's supplying the gas. Uh, Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70% of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate i mean i've been complaining about this from the time i said it It should have never been allowed to have happened but germany is totally controlled by russia i think it's something that nato has to look at i think it's very inappropriate you and i agree that it's inappropriate
3: nato is an alliance of 29 nations and uh, there are sometimes differences and uh, different views and also some disagreements and the gas uh, the uh, from Russia to Germany is one issue where allies uh, disagree. But the strength of NATO is that, despite these differences, we have always been able to unite around our core task uh, to protect and defend each other because we understand that we are stronger together than apart. Uh, I think that two world wars and the Cold War thought us that uh, we are stronger together than apart.
2: Um, but uh, how can I'm, you be together when a country is getting its energy from? Is the person you want protection against, or from the group that you want
3: protection? Because we understand that uh, when we stand together, also in uh, dealing with Russia, we are stronger. I think what we have seen is that. No, you're just
2: making Russia richer. Well, you're not dealing with Russia, you're making Russia
3: richer. Well, so I think that even during the Cold War, uh, NATO allies were trading with uh, Russia. Then there have been uh, disagreements about what kind of uh, trade arrangements we should. Uh, we sure. should go I into. think trade
2: is wonderful. I think energy is a whole different story i think energy is a much different story than normal trade and you have a country like poland that won't accept the gas you take a look at some of the countries they won't accept it because they don't want to be captive to russia
5: Mm.
2: but germany as far as i'm concerned is captive to russia because it's getting so much of its energy from russia Mm. so we're supposed to protect germany but they're getting their energy from russia explain that and it can't be
0: explained you know all right so I'm glad the president has taken a hard line on that. In other parts of the conversation, he talked about uh, their trade with Germany would, would increase. It wasn't all just doom and gloom that the president uh, delivered uh, to the Germans. But he did deal with important uh, areas with them, like not paying their share for protection of uh, their homeland in Europe. Same thing with France. Same thing, uh, you know, with England. It's all a problem. And we've got to make sure we're not going to be the fall guy all the time. Got news coming up. Let's go hear what they have to say. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick Show. Senator John Bozeman will be joining us in just a moment. Let me uh, remind you that everything you know about claiming your Social Security benefits has been turned upside down. New rules for claiming your benefits went into effect at the beginning of the new year, and your decision now can cost you literally tens of thousands of dollars in lost benefits over the lifetime of when you're taking your Social Security, can cost you higher taxes and increased Medicare premiums. Get the facts and the updated 2018 guide to Social Security from David Lucas of The David Lucas Show that you hear right here on uh, 101.1 FM, the answer at 10 o'clock and again at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturdays. This uh, simple and easy-to-read guide is packed full of up-to-date information uh, for this year that could help you avoid losing tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime Social Security benefits that are rightfully yours. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, Be one of the first 10 callers right now, 501-653-6690. That's uh, 501-653-6690. And the uh, seminar that's happening Friday is now sold out. Uh, There's no more seats to be had, so uh, be aware of that. Well, here we are at uh, about 24 minutes till 3, And Senator John Bozeman, our senior senator senator from Arkansas, joins us here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Senator, thanks for giving us some time, and uh, how are you doing, and how are things going in Washington?
6: Hi, Dave. Thank you so much for having me on. I wish I was there in the studio with you, and uh, I just appreciate getting to visit with you. Things are uh, busy in Washington, pretty hectic right now. Lots going on, I think a lot of positive stuff in the sense of... uh, Uh, with the Supreme Court judge. And uh, so these are good things.
0: Well, I I was listening to Lindsey Graham uh, last night, I believe, on Fox, and he made the statement that if you're a Democrat and you want to run in 2020, you've got to get in front of the cameras and act completely insane. Would you kind of go along with that as you've listened to the other parties speak lately?
6: No, I think that's true in the sense of you know uh, these individuals trying to go out and eat things like that, and you know the uh, people attacking them uh, verbally and and things. Uh, uh, some of this stuff that they're saying about ending ice and, and all of this is just absolutely crazy. Uh, so they are overreaching tremendously. I think that's good for us in the sense it really does show. Uh, you know, what it's all about, uh, the talk of, uh, you know, going to a socialist type of system. And the list just goes on and on.
0: Yeah, they I thought they would pull back. Uh, they haven't. I mean, Maxine Waters has is been going absolutely <laughs> crazy out there in front of the cameras. I mean, even Schumer and Pelosi are trying to to, you know, calm her down. They can't. Yeah. Did you hear about the? They got a letter. From a group of 200 African-Americans saying, quit trying to censor Maxine and let her speak.
6: No, it's, you know, nothing surprises me. I don't think anything surprises any of us. One of the the turning points, I think, was when this uh, unknown person, uh, you know, knocked off the the number two guy in uh, leadership in the House, Mm -hmm. uh, being very, very liberal, you know, as, as far left as you can get. Uh, I think that shocked them all, and they're trying to get as far left as they can uh, to keep from getting primaried like like, uh, he did.
0: You know what's interesting about that? I was looking at her campaign. If you get a chance, look at her campaign signs because they look like they came out of the musical Evita. They are so socialist. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah, Yeah. it's wild. I mean, really, really wild. Never in my imaginings would I think Americans would ever see somebody speak from the well of the House or the Senate and admit that they are a member of the American Socialist Party.
6: Yeah, No, I understand totally. And, and uh, you know, a few years ago you'd think, well, you know, that's just, you know, incorrect, that can't happen, and yet you're exactly right. I mean, these things are, are being mainstreamed by, uh, you know, a group of uh, uh, people that are in high positions the highest positions in the democratic party right now
0: yeah well let's talk about this new nominee for the supreme court brett kavanaugh uh from what i've read about him from some of the opinions that i've read that uh he signed on to um looks like a very solid conservative uh that would be added to the uh the supreme court he and gorsuch have known each other for a number of years in fact they even clerked together for uh, Judge Kennedy.
6: No, I, I I haven't had the opportunity yet to sit down and visit with him. I'll get to do that and ask him questions and things. Uh, then the hearing will be in the not too distant future. We'll learn a lot more about him in that regard. Uh, he's also a guy that you know there's there's uh, you know several million pages connected to him in one way or another. So this is going to be a very very open process. Everything though that I've heard about and seen. I had the opportunity to be uh, with the president, several members of the Senate uh, during the announcement, but he presents himself very, very well. Uh, I don't think there's anybody I've heard that says he's not a person of uh, integrity, character, and and is a very, very bright legal mind. What I want, and I know what you want, Dave, and and our listeners, is somebody that will uh, not try and create law, while on the bench create policy uh, but look at the laws the people that that wrote it intended and uh you know follow the constitution and come up with a decision
0: well i did see you uh the other night when the the uh the judge was uh introduced to the the east room crowd i saw you i saw you and senator cotton come in and and have your seats, so you were there. I didn't see if you had any peanuts or anything, did you? (laughs) No, I didn't steal anything (laughs) out of there either, so that was good. (laughs) Neither one of us did. (laughs) But
6: the interaction of of him with his family, in fact, I saw a guy last night that just came up out of the blue and said, uh, uh, you know, you're Senator Bozeman. I said, yeah, and he had a uh, daughter that uh, was one of the uh, girls that he coached, on uh, the basketball team, you know, he's been coaching.
0: Yeah, he's, he's Coach K. You know, went
6: on and on about, you know, he's he's a, you know, he's a regular guy that that's very active in the community. Uh, his interaction with his family—you just can't fake that kind of stuff. That's that's that's, you know, that we got a lot more to find out, but but it's good to have those kind of basic things in place.
0: Well, do you think that uh, some of the people that sit on the judiciary committee uh, are going to? Question him strenuously because he's such a. I mean, he's a Catholic. He's a very strong practicing Catholic. His faith uh, is very important to him. Uh, when when Barrett was up, uh, when Amy was up, uh, they questioned her about that, which I I kind of find reprehensible. It shouldn't shouldn't matter what your what your uh, history of your your religion is or whatever or how how much you believe or what exactly you believe. Uh, Etc. All of that, if they're going to be a good justice, doesn't play into the the decisions that they make.
6: No, you're exactly right, Dave. I, I agree completely. I mean, if you have a litmus test, if you're a you know a Catholic, a Baptist, a Jewish, or, or whatever it is, and then uh, you know that's that's. That's not what we stand for. You know, that's that's something that uh, America's not all about. We want somebody up there that's going to do a good job, that's that's shown. As as Coach Burles used to uh, talk about when he was talking to us as a football team, he always said past performance is indicative of future performance. And uh, everything I've heard about uh, Judge Kavanaugh so far has been, again, a person of character, a very, very, very bright legal mind, and, uh, and somebody that, that doesn't want to legislate from the bench, that wants to uphold the Constitution. And when you look at his record, and this is what, what got the other side in trouble with Judge Gorsuch, when you look at these guys' records, that's exactly what they've done. You know, they haven't gotten reversed, uh, they haven't been way out there, they've followed the law.
0: Yeah. I'm- well, I find it kind of bizarre that if you voted for a guy to be on the circuit court and he shows up to be on the Supreme Court, that suddenly there's something in his past that bothers you. But I, I will tell you, <laughs> you, you know, Senator, that bothers me. And that is, as you said, we're not supposed to have like a religious litmus test. We're supposedly not supposed to have a litmus test about abortion or about about gun rights or any specific uh you know, thing. And I'm hearing even Republicans say, well, now, if, if the person that the, that the president nominates wants to get rid of Roe v. Wade, then I could never vote for them. Sounds like a litmus test to me, doesn't it to you?
6: No, I understand. I think if you, again, if you follow law, uh, follow the Constitution, and the Constitution's is pretty limited. Uh, then, then I think all of those things take care of themselves. And, 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 and these are the kind of, you know, this is the kind of person uh, that spent a career doing this.
0: All right. So when we come back, I got to take a quick break here and then we'll come back. I'd like to talk to you about the president been shaking it up over in NATO today. I'm kind of happy to see this finally happen. This is almost as good as Sam Nunn back in the 80s when he threatened to pull United States troops out of Europe. Uh no, because they weren't yeah. paying their, their fair share. Let's talk right. about that when we come back. What do you say?
6: Yes, sir, very much.
0: All right. Senator uh, Bozeman is be with us for another about uh, 12 minutes. After we get back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, don't forget about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. That new lo- that location they've had since the 80s on 12th Street is getting a completely total facelift. I mean, we're talking they're going from a a, a house that was built uh, in the late 1800s to being completely uh, two-thirds of being torn down and being made into a state-of-the-art facility with the latest technology and prosthetics and orthotics, a new gate room, new large, new waiting room, a whole area for the, the ladies that have had mastectomies so that you'll have privacy and comfort while you're fitted there. And Hortons does this because they pride themselves on their relationships with their patients. They want to keep their patients happy, and that is their priority. And remember now, six locations, six locations, most of these coming up in the last six years. You'll have this updated facility here in Little Rock, then North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. That's Hortons Orthotics and Prosthetics providing a lifetime of support. We'll be back with the Senator. When we return on the Dave Ellswick show, all right. Let's finish up our conversation from uh, with the senior senator of Arkansas, Senator John Bozeman, and Senator. uh, The president went over and shuck it up a little bit even before they got to the meeting about NATO, uh, as he attacked uh, you know not Russia but uh, Germany for buying Russian natural gas instead of uh, I think. He's probably pointing out you could be buying it from the United States. We've got more natural gas than just about anybody does. So why are you sending billions of dollars to your sworn enemy?
6: You're exactly right. And he pointed out that uh, uh, they were going to be importing 70 percent of their natural gas. Uh, which they use a a lot of, uh, and be totally dependent. And and we know that in the past, as the Russians have got upset with people, they have not hesitated at all to shut down those pipelines. So, you know, it makes no sense at all. Here we're spending, uh, you know, billions and billions on NATO, which is a very, very important, very successful partnership But, you know, the Russians, uh, that's what we're spending it on is to protect ourselves from the Russians, and then the Germans do this. Uh, The other thing that he's doing a good job of, and and I know from experience, I was on the NATO Parliament in the House of Representatives for eight years. I went to many, many meetings overseas, uh, you know, with our allies to discuss these things. We'd always meet with the State Department and the Department of Defense to say, what do, you want to be, what do you want us to be talking uh, you know, to these folks about? And number one was always to get them to increase their defense spending, uh, unless you were speaking to somebody like England who does a, you know, does a good job. Uh, and then the other problem was people like the Germans, they have all these caveats, uh, which are rules of engagement. And so, for instance, when they were in Afghanistan, they were there, but they couldn't participate in battle. Uh, they, uh, you literally, they could not return fire unless they were fired on, but they couldn't be in a battle type engagement situation to begin with. So there's lots of crazy things going on. I'm glad the president's calling them out on it. Uh, this isn't about dissolving the relationship, no. which you know the left is talking about. This is strengthening the relationship. This is, you know, this is, uh, you know, getting the dollars where they need to go and uh, and fortify our defense.
0: Well, what's interesting about it, like uh, Christiana Amanpour was reporting today and said, this is unprecedented. This is crazy. The the, the the Germans have had this deal with the Russians for 16, 17 years. And I'm thinking to myself, and they allowed them to go into the Balkans. They're allowing them to be in yeah, Syria. Right. And all That's they have to do point. is tell the, the Russians, hey, we don't need your, yeah. your uh, natural gas. You play nice and maybe we'll keep it going here.
6: Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, those are the situations that you get in. It is unprecedented because we haven't had a a president uh, that, you know, with with force uh, talk about these things. And now with our fiscal situation that we're in now, this this is important. Our allies need to step up. Uh, We do. I don't think anybody can argue that we don't do, you know, much much more than than is our share. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they need to step up and uh, and be responsible. And, and we do have adversaries throughout the world that that we need to protect ourselves from.
0: All right, I got to talk. You some big news coming out today about uh, you, Senator. You've been named to be on a, a panel or be part of a committee to. Reconcile a lot of the appropriations bills coming up. There's a lot of bills that are out there that have their own little pieces that you all are supposed to get together and put it all together. Uh, how difficult is this job?
6: Well, it's, it's something that, that Congress uh, is working very, very hard to prevent ourselves from getting in a situation where we have these trillion-dollar-plus spending bills that are put together at the last minute. So what we're doing is we're taking uh, the 12 appropriations bills, uh, grouping them together, and uh, this will be with the energy and water bill. My, my bill is the military construction veterans bill. Uh, we'll be working uh, with this other bill also. And then make it such that we can vote on the spending just for those specific areas. And, uh, and so that's very, very important. Uh, we're, we're scheduled to, in the next few weeks, to take up four more. And then at the end of the, the, uh, the time period, you know, when October starts, we'll have our bills done. Uh, we won't have a continuing resolution where uh, you have to spend the same money that you spent the year before, even if you found areas that, that you didn't need to be spending and other areas that you needed to increase spending. Uh, that's totally crazy. And then, not also being in a situation where it might be three or four years into the fiscal year before you even know what your budget was. So, this is a really good step in the right direction. And, uh, uh, Senator Shelby showing a lot of leadership in that area. And I think we have a good chance of getting a lot of these things done.
0: Senator, I only got about a minute left with you. Uh, yeah. Ryan said uh, last week, later, early this week, that he thought perhaps a budget. That would go for two years would work better than this every year type thing. What do you think about that? You know,
6: Dave, I, I think with the huge amount of monies that we're talking about, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, this is something that we've been looking at and, and something that, I, that I've supported. We're doing that with VA Healthcare now. Mm-hmm. And and that's sta- you know, somewhat stabilized. VA healthcare is going through a lot of change right now, but it is good so that these agencies will know uh, what they're going to get. Uh, you get into situations where they don't get it till late in the year, then they feel like they got to spend it all, or they're not going to get it back, and so you wind up wasting money. It's just a, a terrible way to to run a, to run an entity, and and these entities are businesses.
0: All right, Senator, we're out of time. I appreciate your, your time. Next time, I'll bring the studio to you. I'm going to be in Washington in September for Hold Their Feet to the Fire. We'll get you over there to the Phoenix and well, I, sit down and talk. Sure.
6: I, but I hope I get to visit with you before then. I was just asking Sarah when you're going to be up here again. So that's good to know. We'll do something special.
0: All right. That sounds good. Thank you very much, Senator you, John Bozeman, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll have him back on whenever we can get him. Same thing with Tom Cotton. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll take a break. When we come back, Colonel's going to talk to us about this NATO meeting. All right, we're back with more. I started off the show talking about the president. We just talked to a senior senator from Arkansas, Senator John Bozeman, and he agrees with what I just said in the first half hour of the show. It's about time that we have a president. We'll tell NATO to uh, get with the program. I mean, it's, it's amazing that we're paying close to 25% and you got 13 other allies that are playing, paying like 1% and we're protecting their butts. And now don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-European. I'm just anti-getting screwed, how I feel. And uh, we're going to talk for a few minutes with Colonel Tony Schaefer. Uh, you'll remember him. He uh, made the, uh, the claims about mishandled intelligence before September 11th and about the censoring of his book, Operation Darkheart, uh, a a ways back. So it's going to be fun to have him on with us and talk to him today. Let's talk to the Colonel. Colonel, how are you? And welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show.
7: Dave, thanks for having me to be on. Thank you for that. uh, Good introduction.
0: Well, I got it. Well, I used to be in the military. I know. I know (laughs) who I know. How's the old saying military saying. I know? Where to kiss and how long to kiss. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) So let's talk about the president. Man, the media is going crazy because he he had the audacity to look at the Germans and say to them, you want us to protect your hiney from the Russians and you send them billions of dollars for natural gas. Are you people out of your minds? I think it's a I think it's a great question.
7: Oh, it's, it's brilliant and relevant. Uh, one of the things that's notable is Putin has made uh, no uh, no bones, uh, not hidden a thing about what he's trying to do, is re- reintroduce to the world the old Soviet empire. That's what he's doing. Uh, he's gobbling things up. And Merkel, who wants us to be there, they've made uh, very impassioned claims of, of wanting us to be there and maintain our bases. By the way, they make a lot of money. Their economy makes a lot of money off of our military. Oh, they
0: you better believe it. Uh,
7: yeah i mean billions of dollars so this is no small issue but at the same time the very enemy they're complaining about they're helping putin rebuild his military and this is no small thing the other thing the president did not bring up in any uh, public forum but i believe he did privately is like what are you doing with all the money for the refugees if you didn't have all these refugees coming in that you have to create social programs for could easily afford your part of the nato requirement mm-hmm. of, of what you have to pay And so Germany is really doing this to themselves. And the other thing I'll say, and I'm not sure if this came up in your interview with the senator, um, I was uh, on the transition team back when President Trump came into office, and we had put forth the idea. Of not abandoning NATO, but making NATO effective. We called it NATO 2.0. Uh, I wrote an editorial some Fox News opinion last year. where I talk about turning NATO back into well, what it was in the early days, an anti-terrorism organization, an organization that did a lot to help solidify and be effective in the defense of Europe. Uh, it, it just hasn't been doing that. And I think President Trump really clearly wants to see a NATO that not only exists on paper as a social boys club, which it is right now, but to turn it back into something that it actually would be an effective military force to counter a Soviet invasion or other uh, things the Soviets try to do in Europe.
0: Yeah, I got to ask you, do you remember back in, it was in 84, see I'm old as dirt, uh, that Senator Sam Nunn, was upset that uh, Germany and France, I think, at the time, were not paying, quote, their fair share, to uh, to borrow a Clinton term. And he said that if they didn't start ponying up the money, we were going to pull our troops out of Europe.
7: Right. Well, and that's true. I mean, the the, the thing back then was—and by the way, the Democrats were all for that because the Democrats during that period, if you recall— were saying that our strong support of NATO was actually being provocative to the Soviet Union. Correct. And now it's amazing to see all these years later, they're going the other way. It's kind of like, what is up with you people? But yes, we made it very clear. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm like you, an old guy. My first deployment to Europe was in uh, January of 1985, in something called Reforger, Return of Forces to Germany. That Mm -hmm. was our big uh, every-two-year exercise, where we would show the Russians, the Soviets, that we had the will, capability, and intention of returning military forces to Germany to continue the war if necessary, and again, that's something that uh, we need to look look back at doing again with the Germans' cooperation. But uh, the Germans have to pull their own fair share. And, and let me tell you, the military, the German military of 1985, is not the German military of today. Uh, it is badly demoralized. It is not funded, as you know, to the level necessary. And it essentially has become victimized of Angela Merkel's socialist left-leaning policies, which really don't require discipline. It is is—it is truly a mess.
0: Yeah, it is a mess. And back in the 80s, I i was in the service at that time as well. I was in the Air Force. I worked for Armed Forces Radio. I used to do all of the internal information for the Air Force. And I remember one of the stories that we did when you would—was it Reforger that— that we did over in Europe. I, I forget what the the, the Yeah, in 80, 85. Yeah, yeah. I
7: over there in the 85. Yeah. So
0: when we would put our armor out in the fields uh, and they were out practicing, if they got on a farmer's field and tore it up, we paid millions of dollars to the oh, farmers yeah. there.
7: Oh, yes. Now, I remember I was uh, working undercover. We were doing counterterrorism stuff, and I remember... How the forces were cautioned about doing anything to upset any local regarding damage mm-hmm. of property, because as you point out, we 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 always made good, we always repaired or paid for damage we did, and and by the way, the Germans the, in the countryside loved this because they knew we were there to protect them. Yes, but now with the social policies of Merkel, uh, it, it is truly a, a different story, and the president has every right to show up and say, "You want us here." These are the things that must be done to restore both confidence in your, your your military, not ours. We still have a great military, and you need to pay a certain amount of money that ensures that you've got skin in the game. And uh, it, it, it's, I don't think it should be negotiable.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on this. I'm, you and I see eye to eye on this. This is uh, I think it's a non-negotiable tactic as well. And, and Germany, you know, I can understand maybe a decade ago, buying their natural gas from the russians because the russians had the pipeline and all of that let's be honest here when it comes to natural gas the united states has more natural gas than anybody else in the world we are we are the saudi arabia of natural gas why won't they take it from us they'll probably get a better price and secondly you'll put well, you'll put the vice on
7: the Russians. You'll you'll hurt Putin. He
0: won't be able to do half the stuff that he's doing right now.
7: That's correct. And I've put forth last year as one of the, the opponents that when, when the Russians first started troubling Europe is, yeah, just let's let's, let's tell them we'll come to their aid. You know, we, we came to their aid in World War Two and World War One. We'll come to your aid now. And we are now a that exporter. We have been for a while. And I think that could be one of the things we put forward as a quid pro quo. Look, you guys pay your fair share of NATO. We will make sure that you will not be troubled by the Russians cutting you off. We will find a way to get you the oil and resources you need. And remember, uh, Germany is a heavily industrial country. Yes. They depend on energy immensely for their well-being, and they are one of the most successful. But I don't know how Merkel would want to live with Putin being able to essentially turn the light switch off at any time he gets upset i just don't think it's a positive way to win i mean to to live and i don't think uh it's a winning formula for the german economy to continue in that direction
0: well he's already turned the the, the natural gas down on certain countries that have crossed him he has we've absolutely. we've seen it happen i mean what makes the yeah. germans think they
7: won't do it to them they're they're one of their bigger threats right and and, and a comp, a comp a competitor across the board so this is where again i think the president could do well behind the scenes offering this up as a potential solution going forward and uh, and just uh, you know for the audience to understand i think the president is actually trying very hard behind the scenes to make these in good faith offers. Uh, and by the way, you're, you're going to see the media ignore anything that's good regarding the president trying to do an honest outreach and fix things. It's just, it's just not going to be in the cards for him. But he cannot let down his guard, and, and he cannot show weakness to Putin by backing down on demanding NATO do its its, its uh, fair share of paying for its own defense.
0: Yeah, You know what? I think that uh, the president's pretty smart that he sent up this Putin Time to sit down and, and talk with him right after he leaves these meetings with NATO. If they'll truly work with us and uh, show a very tough, unified front, Putin may be willing to negotiate over about Syria and things of that nature.
7: Well, I think that's the thing. We have multiple areas of overlap and competition that the president must deal with. First, we've had a number of provocative acts in the North Sea where Russian aircraft have flown. You're an Air Force guy. They have flown within uh, 20 meters of our ships. Uh They're they're buzzing them, and and that's very dangerous and, and very provocative. We've had other challenges. Uh, The old bear aircraft in the Cold War have been challenging uh, our airspace up in Alaska. And most importantly, Syria and uh, Iran. Two areas where, in one case, they're being helpful with the Iranians, which is not helpful to us. And while I don't necessarily believe we should remove Assad uh, because we don't want to see a Libya failure in Syria, the Russians have not been our friends in, in, in Syria as well. So these are areas we must deal with. We have a common enemy. It's called radical Islam. But uh, if you have Putin doing things to be provocative and not be cooperative, even those areas that we we could work in together, we're going to see more problems with.
0: Well, he's working both sides of the coin. I mean, he wants to Absolutely. work with us and he's working with a lot of those Islamic jihadists over there. He really right. we know that he is. Hey, Colonel, we got it. I got to get a break in. Let's do that. Then we'll come back and uh, we'll finish up our conversation here on the Dave Elswick uh, show. Our guest, Colonel. Uh, uh, the colonel with us uh, right now, Terry, uh, Tony Schaefer, pardon me, is going to come back and join us. There's a lot to talk about here. And, and you know, I understand that you live your life out there and uh, you can't pay attention to a lot of this stuff. We'll catch you up on what all's going on behind uh, the scenes somewhat uh, with what the president's doing. And why is the left so you know bound and determined to take on this president whenever he's doing something where he's putting uh you know he's he's putting America first we'll talk about that as well hey don't forget about everything that you know about claiming your social security benefits has been turned upside down as of the new year uh there's new rules when it comes to claiming your benefits for social security and your decision can cost you literally tens of thousands of dollars and Lost uh, benefits, lifetime benefits of Social Security, gets you some higher taxes if you don't watch out. Increase Medicare premiums. So make sure you get the facts. All you got to do is uh, get a hold of David Lucas, David Lucas Show that you hear on 101.1 FM, The Answer, uh, the two, the twenty eighteen guide to Social Security, and you can get this booklet from David Lucas. This simple, easy-to-read guide is packed full of up-to-date information for this year. It can help you avoid losing those tens of thousands of dollars in lifetime benefits from Social Security that are rightfully yours. To get your free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers over to David Lucas right now at 501-653-6690. That number again, 501-653-6690. Back after this break with more with Colonel, uh, the Colonel to talk about what uh, is going on over there in Europe and what the president is trying to do. With Colonel uh, Tony Schaefer here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, Colonel, I got to ask you a question real quickly. You were one of the first people that came out and in uh, charge that President Obama was trying to find a way out for uh, Bergdahl. Uh, a lot of a lot of people said, you know, pooh poohed what you had to say. Bottom line is you've been proven right.
7: Yes. Thank you. Well, look, uh, I was actually uh, this is part of congressional record now uh, just to show that we were we conservatives crossed the aisle to help. I was actually asked to help out the Obama administration in retrieving uh, private Bergdahl. And that's why I knew so much about it. And uh, to be honest, uh, truth be told, we had provided the White House options that would not have resulted or needed the five Taliban to be traded. Uh, basically, my job was to, to cut a deal with the Pakistani intelligence service, and they were willing to do it. What, what ended up happening is the Obama administration decided, no, we don't want to actually get him back. We want to trade away the five Taliban. They wanted to dispose, so so uh, Bergdahl became essentially a... Uh, basically a pawn. I feel sorry for the kid in a way. I mean, he became part of this larger game. He was stupid. Let's not be, let's not mince words here. But, uh, you know, he became the, the, The reason, the preposition For returning five uh, Taliban generals It was completely uh, stupid And yeah, look, I was very honest and open About what was going on And I I knew, uh, I believed the army uh, Was going to charge him, and they did I still am one of those who believes He should have spent some some time in jail I don't believe he should have gotten off with Essentially, uh, re- removal from service with uh, no benefits, I think that was far too uh, far too uh, light compared to what he actually did to assist the enemy.
0: Is there still a possibility that he can still get back pay
7: no i uh, automatically anytime you're discharged in the manner he was um your records go before. Uh, The board uh, of of records review, Uh, the military has a board which reviews everybody's records and uh, less than honorable discharges. But at this point, I I think Mark Milley, as the chief of staff, he was commander of forces command back when he charged him. I think the charges were very clear. Uh, I know there was classified information that was not introduced because the military wanted to keep it so that we didn't, you know, certain things they don't want people to know we can do. Uh, so that was never introduced to as part of the the, the prosecution, which I think I, overall I probably agree with that decision. But uh, I think the things that are publicly known about what he did are sufficient to make sure that he will uh, never see any benefits coming out of the military. And, uh, again, I think, you know, at least uh, seven people I'm aware of died looking for him when he deserted. And, and it's, it's a shame those families will never see, I think, the justice that they deserve uh, regarding Bergbaum's.
0: Well, Colonel, one last question for you, then I'll let you go. Yeah. And, and it has sure. nothing to do, again, w- with the president other than uh, my son-in-law is getting ready to go into active duty with the Army. He's 26, and he's decided that's the, uh, the way he wants to go. He's been in National Guard for about five years, so now he wants to be active cool. duty. So he's working on that. I saw a story from the Army Times just the other day under the Obama administration. Our, our troops were being taught about transgenderism and what you can say and what can't you say and women uh, being special in special forces and all the rest. They have changed their training now to to train how to go out and prosecute a war, what to do when you're on the battlefield. I think that says says volumes about the difference of this president and the, and the last president.
7: Well, notably, it's the same leadership at the Pentagon, though. Look, uh, Mark Milley was chief of staff under Obama and chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Joe Dunford is the chairman. So those men were being held back. Uh, I'll be blunt. Uh, I know both of them. I respect them, and uh, they were being told to do things which, uh, frankly, would have resulted in catastrophic failure of our military in combat. It's not. Uh, it's not the military's job to make sure that uh, men understand what it feels like to walk in women's high heels. That's just. That's just not in the military's job. You know. What I'm You're saying? right.
0: I understand. Uh, uh, hey, yeah. go in, and I, I'm sorry if this upsets people. You kill people and you break
7: things. Precisely. And uh, Mark Milley, uh, you know, Joe, Joe, the Chairman of Joint Chiefs, uh, nickname is uh, Fighting Joe. So that that gives you a clue. <laughs> and these men have gotten back to the serious work of trying to make the Pentagon prepared to go to war and win. And that's the, that's the military's job. That's the Army's job to win wars. It's not it's not a social club. It's not uh, you know. And I'm sorry, I I'm very look. I I have no problem with gays and lesbians being in the military. I have a problem with transgender because what happens, they have psychological issues which tend to keep them from being deployable, and that's my issue, I, you know, and, and I, I, I'm one of the believes that we need to have the strongest, most effective military on the planet, and not everybody can serve. That's just the bottom line. You can't serve if you're too short. You can't serve if you're obese. You can't serve if you've got certain conditions. It's, it's just the way it is. We want to have people that can win.
0: All right. Colonel, thanks so much for being part of the Dave Elswick yes, show today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you.
7: Thanks, Dave. I'll be on again sometime.
0: All righty. Bye bye now, Colonel Tony Schaefer. Great guy, really great guy. I didn't realize that he was that uh, closely uh, working in the, the Bergdahl case, uh, but uh, yeah he he came out right when they went and let those five uh, generals from the Taliban go, and he went off. Man, he just went off, and uh, and rightly so. I mean, seriously, rightly. So, well, if you want a career where you're working outdoors, serving in the community, if you're detail oriented, you strive to do the right thing. If you want a career with a leading company and you can work with your hands and thrive out there in the outdoors, then you need to join the PI roofing and home solutions team because they're expanding their operations department to better serve their customers as they grow. Uh, come build your future with them. Uh, PI Roofing Home Solutions has career opportunities in the Commercial Roofing and Service Division, Residential Roofing and Service Division, and Home Solutions Division. And you can make a difference together and you get to climb your ladder to success. Again, that's uh, PI Roofing. Just go to piroofing.com and uh, you can put in your resume or call them 501-707-3551. That number again, 501-707-3551. Back after the news, and we'll have more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got a lot more to talk about today. All right, I will come back here in just a moment and talk more about uh, uh, Kavanaugh's uh, nomination to the Supreme Court and how the left has been acting like uh, complete idiots about it. Joy Bear, that woman's nuts. She really is. She's crazy. She freaked out over his uh, his nomination. Uh, Lindsey Graham, who's not my favorite senator by a long shot, uh, was right in saying that uh, if you want to run for uh, president with the Democrats in 2020, uh, just know, just know that you're going to have to just act like you're, you've lost your mind. But I wanted to bring you this story first, because uh, this is one of those pocketbook stories uh, that uh, the average person who drives to work and home from work every day and has to pay a power bill uh, is always uh, interested in hearing. Saudi Arabia has hiked its oil output in June to the highest level since the end of 2016 as it's trying to help cool the market after crude prices recently rose uh, to three-and-a-half-year highs. The jump in Saudi supplies shows that the world's top crude exporter is making good on its recent vows to tame oil prices. The kingdom has faced pressure from big crude importers, not just the United States, but China and India as well, are worrying about negative economic impacts from the rising fuel costs. The increase also comes uh, as OPEC forecasts global oil demand will surpass 100 million barrels per day next year. Saudi Arabia reported that it pumped nearly 10.5 million barrels per day last month. That's up from uh, just more than 10 billion barrels per day in May. Data from independent sources cited in OPEC's monthly report showed a slightly smaller build to just more than 10.4 million barrels per day. That's pushed production from OPEC to more than 32.3 million barrels per day in June, up 173,000 barrels per day from the previous month. Uh, the cartel's total production got a boost of 331,000 barrels per day from the Republic of Congo, which began reporting as OPEC's 15th member this month. OPEC, along with Russia and several other producer nations, has been limiting output since July of 2017 in order to drain a crude glut uh, that has sent oil prices to 12-year lows and. Uh, 2016, however, output from the participating nations has fallen much more than was expected, largely due to production problems in several of the countries, Canada being one of them. At a contentious meeting last month, the cartel agreed to increase output in light of falling production in Venezuela and looming U.S. sanctions on Iran, uh, the world's fifth biggest oil producer, The producers agreed to start raising output beginning in July. But OPEC's latest monthly report shows several began pumping more last month. That probably is a good reason why we got up to about I think the highest I had seen it uh, right here was about 259. I don't think I ever saw a station hit 260 or go over it. 259, it, it held there for quite some time and now it's been slowly coming down. I know at Sam's there uh, in Little Rock, uh, they're holding at 242 on gasoline. So uh, you know you can still find some places that are in the 240s around our area for your gas prices. Think you're going to see that start coming down some. Iraq chipped in the second biggest increase in June, upping its output by 71. 1,500 barrels per day to about 4.5 million barrels per day. Uh, Baghdad was one of several countries that initially expressed skepticism about lifting the OPEC's production bans. The United Arab Emirates and Kuwait raised output by 35,100 barrels per day and 27,300 barrels per day, respectfully. The uh, Arab nations are seen as two of only a handful of OPEC members with spare uh, capacity. The gains were offset by a 254,000 barrel per day plunge in production from Libya, where an ongoing political rift uh, shut several of the country's oil ports. Output also continued to decline in Angola and Venezuela, dropping by 88,300 barrels per day and 47,500 barrels per day. Iran also posted a small drop bringing its output to about 3.8 million barrels per day. U.S. demands for oil buyers to cut Iranian imports to zero by November have roiled the market in the last two weeks. However, crude, crude prices eased Tuesday after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo signaled some countries could get waivers. OPEC also released its initial forecast for oil supply and demand in 2019. Uh, Today, the group sees demand growth moderating still increasing by 1.4 million barrels per day next year. That would push the world's appetite for oil beyond the 100 million barrels per day threshold for the first time. However, OPEC made clear that its view of the global economy assumes there's no significant increase in any kind of trade tariffs and that current disputes will soon be resolved. The cartel appeared to be referencing the growing number of trade battles the U.S. has pursued against China, Europe, Canada, and other countries. Hence, if trade tensions rise further, given other uncertainties, it could weigh on business and consumer sentiment. This may then start to negatively impact investment, capital flows, consumer spending, with a subsequent negative effect on the global oil market. Therefore, if the world economy performs better than expected, said OPEC, leading to higher growth in crude oil demand, OPEC will continue to have sufficient supplies to support oil market stability. They'd like to keep the price of a barrel of oil around $70. That's what they would like to do. They get nervous now when it starts climbing over that because everything is so interconnected and uh, Saudi Arabia, being an American ally, doesn't want to see our economy uh, suffer because of uh, that kind of stuff. So just, uh, just know, you'll probably see a drop, I'm not saying a huge drop, maybe 10 cents a, um, a gallon, on, uh, on the gasoline that you go out and buy. And if it's in a, you know, to be honest, when you look at the price of gas and how it's gone over the years, Other than during the oil embargo, if we're in the 240 range, we're probably about right on point uh, where we should be as far as when you look at how much uh, this stuff should raise over uh, year to year and over decade uh, to decade. You you never stay cheap the whole time, folks. You know that and uh, I know that as well. So if you're looking uh, to have a career working outdoors, you want to make sure you join up. Don't forget, with PI Roofing, piroofing.com or call 501-707-3551. I wanted to mention that again to you uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show because it's a big deal that PI Roofing right now is hiring. They pay well. It's a great company to work for. So apply at PIRoofing.com or 501-707-3551. Lastly, but not uh, last uh, in all of the things that I talk about here on the show, uh, we'll come back and do another small uh, segment. Um, We'll talk about Kavanaugh, uh, the uh, nominee, and then uh, Duck's going to be with us in the next hour. We'll be talking to him about cars. Joe won't be here. Uh, He had a family uh, issue that came up, so he will not be here today or next week. He'll be on vacation next week. Don't forget about Holland Bottom Farm. The strawberry season, of course, is over, but understand they got squash, zucchini, eggplant, cucumbers, bell, banana, jalapeno peppers. Plus, they got their uh, fresh tomatoes there. I picked up some of those over the weekend. And if you're like me and you like melons, they got watermelon. They had black diamonds the other day. I was able to get one of the last ones that were in one of the boxes there. I'll uh, try to give them a call tomorrow and see if there's more because I got a producer who's looking at me right now that wants one of those black diamonds. I'm just telling you, they're really, really good. And uh, so they got watermelons. They've got cantaloupe. They got fresh blackberries and blueberries. And you get it fresh from the farm to your table, eat the best fruits and and the best vegetables from Holland Bottom Farm, and treat your family to the best. They're out at 321 in Cabot. Take that first Cabot exit as you're leaving from the uh, Little Rock area and go straight out, out on 321. You go over the big bridge there, and on your right-hand side, you'll find one of my favorite places to shop at, Holland Bottom Farm. All right, we got uh, just a short uh, segment left here. Uh, As you know, the president's over in Germany talking about NATO. And who raises his ugly little head? At least he's not on a wind board today. John Kerry. John Kerry uh, attacking the president about what he had to say to NATO, saying he is steadily destroying our reputation in the world, Uh, adding that Trump displayed a woeful ignorance of European defense spending anticipation had built for weeks over how a confrontational the meeting might be given the US president's complaints about trade and NATO allies' military budgets and how the summit might compare with Trump's scheduled meeting in Finland with uh, Putin coming up the meeting has riled Democrats in Washington amid the probe over Russian meddling in the election Senate minority leader Schumer tweeted Wednesday president trump should not meet with president putin Alone. Ridiculous. He, he's our president. Meet him as, as he wants to meet him. Uh, the whole thing about Kerry is in his statement. Let me bring this up here so I can read this. As uh, Defense spending by our allies needs to and is being increased. Each year nations have been uh, increasing their contributions, even as they have taken a hit to their own economies. What is the United States economy has taking? It's taking its share of hits too. We still are are shelling out almost twenty five percent. Do you realize that of all the other allies, less than half even give one percent or two percent to NATO? It's crazy. Of course, of course, Kerry say what he's saying because Obama was an idiot. On on dealing with this stuff, didn't have a clue, needed to carry. All right, so Merkel was talking about the U.S. and uh, looked beyond uh, the the president, what he had to say about NATO. And here's what she had to say about how we will cooperate in
3: the future. Uh, well, let me say that I'm uh, very pleased indeed to have this opportunity here for this um, exchange of views and indeed we had an opportunity to have um, an exchange about economic developments um, on issues such as migration and also the future of our trade relations. We also uh, briefly touched upon uh, the upcoming uh, trips of um, the present and let me say that I'm very much looking forward to further extending um, uh, exchanges in the future and enhancing them. I think that's very important uh, to have those exchanges together because, uh, after all, we are partners, we're good partners, and we wish to continue to cooperate in the future.
0: There you have it. And what did the president have to say? Uh, uh, He wants growth and and, uh, stability in trade with Germany as well.
2: We're having a great meeting. We're discussing military expenditure. Uh, We're talking about trade. Uh, We have a very, very good relationship with the chancellor. We have a tremendous relationship with Germany. Uh, They've made tremendous, you've had tremendous success, and I congratulate you. Tremendous success. And I believe that uh, our trade will increase and lots of other things will increase. Uh, but we'll see
0: what happens over the next uh, period of a few months. All right. So sounds like to me uh, you got a riff on the NATO side, but when it comes to trade and things of that nature, no problems uh, whatsoever. Uh, They'll they'll get along just fine. Uh, Lastly, uh, let's uh, look at some things. You know, the the Democrats, uh, because you had that socialist win in New York, And then you've had Bernie having his run during the last election in the primary. Uh, They're running as far to the left as they possibly can. And uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, uh, I think, was on Fox uh, last night, and and he made some pretty great statements. And I'm not a big Lindsey Graham fan, but he was pretty right on uh, talking about You know, if you're a Democrat running in 2020, what you got to do.
7: So in terms of the other big news that happened last night, I know you're very happy about Judge Kavanaugh. Um, And the Women's March folks put
8: out a a press (laughs) release um, and perhaps, you know, they need a better fact checker (laughs) because this is the press release. It says in response to President Trump's nomination
7: of XX, to the Supreme Court of the United States the women's march is releasing the following statement which goes on to you know basically say that this person is a horrible person uh, and that he's going to change the way that we see life here uh, uh, in America I mean pretty pretty incredible just blanket disapproval
4: before they even knew who it was
8: well President Trump could nominate George Washington and they would all be up in arms Uh, it seems to be that if you're running for president on the Democratic side in 2020 are thinking about it you have to prove you're the most insane person when it comes to trump nominees it's sad to see my colleagues sink so low this is a well-qualified nominee he's lived an incredible life he's one of the greatest conservative minds of his generation. He's every bit as qualified as Sotomayor and Kagan. Every president deserves a chance to pick nominees that are highly qualified. And Brett Kavanaugh is one of the smartest, uh, most qualified people any president could choose as a Republican. What they're saying is elections matter only when Democrats win. We're going to fight back in the Judiciary Committee. We're going to protect this man's good name. And he's going to get confirmed. And I predict Democrats will come on board because you can't go to these red states and justify a no vote. He's just too well qualified.
0: There you go. I agree with what Lindsey Graham just said, but I do love what he said. If you want to run for president in 2020 as a Democrat, got to prove that you're certified. certifiably insane by the things that you, you say you believe. Finally, if you don't believe that, uh, you know, if you watch – Culture. If you watch the talking head programs or, for instance, The View, uh, you'll hear them mimic what the Democrats next talking point is going to be. They started talking about what they're going to hear in this piece in just a moment. And now you're hearing Schumer and Pelosi and other Democrats say it as well from the party. Take a listen to this.
7: I believe in balance checks be. and balances. And we haven't got that in any of the three uh, branches of government because right i And it's going to be even worse, worse when this a but, it's, so, but this implication, I think, for people the on the... But people on the left, like last
8: night, Shannon Bream, who's a host on Fox News, wasn't comfortable doing her broadcast outside with all the protesters. And there are people with signs with blank spaces saying, we hate blank, just waiting to fill in whoever it is. And mm-hmm. I think the left does themselves a disservice when you're not even looking at the person presented in front of you and
7: you've already made the decision. But, That's not happening on this show, but I'm just saying me. there are people outside doing it. But just, the left is like, taking a page from Mitch McConnell's book. But what I want to say is that the idea, and you've right. said this before, they're like, yeah. this is like a stolen experience this is what ha- elections have consequences and yes Republicans have three branches of power now we're getting two more seats in the Supreme yeah, Court yeah. but it's why voting is so important but the idea yeah. that we're living in like some I don't know totalitarian fascist country where this was just appointed by a dictator it's just a lie and I, I think we have to be intellectually honest that well he's about under that. investigation we're going to have Alan Dershowitz on today and mm-hmm. I'd like to ask him about that why would a president who's under Here investigation by the FBI for obstruction of justice and collusion be allowed to pick a Supreme Court justice who will be there, I'll be dead. There are many people in this room who will still be alive and need abortions and what have you, need health care. How dare he be allowed to do this when he is under investigation?
0: All right, there you go. That's the talking point you're hearing now. The president is under investigation. So... He's not been found guilty of anything. Does that mean that he can't go out and do what the president's supposed to do because somebody says he may have broken a law? They haven't proven anything yet. So, bear, shut, you know, sit down and just shut up. As far as I'm concerned, and uh, you're right, you'll probably be dead uh, by the time uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are ready to leave the Supreme Court what do you got there russ you you pulled the mic down
1: i was just gonna say man clinton was accused of a whole lot of stuff there um, you go thank you very much they let him run free and rampant and do whatever the heck he wanted to do
0: yep yeah but you got to remember elections only have consequences when it's the democrats that it uh, helps the elections have consequences that's how we have uh, control of all, the getting the control of three branches of the government now, executive, legislative, and the judicial, because elections have consequences. All right, Ducks coming up in the next uh, hour. we we'll talk cars when we return hey, on the Dave Obama Show. Obama for that quote? What's that? Which quote?
1: Elections have consequences.
0: I'm, I've heard that for a long, long time, but he really brought it out to the forefront, and I love it gotta live by mr president you got it thank you much all right we're moving to the four o'clock hour and duck is here today from duck's garage joe is not here had a a family uh, issue come up and he won't be with us today nor will either him or duck be here next week they're both going on vacation not together separately but they will be on vacation
9: and we're going almost to the same place but different (laughs) really yep he's in he's going to colorado and that's kind of where we're going to well that's kind of cool colorado's
0: a nice state to go visit
9: we're driving he's he's flying oh he's flying out to denver yeah he's flying out there and they're gonna run a car but we're we're gonna drive well it's
0: pretty except when you have to drive across kansas (laughs) that's okay that's about as flat as you can possibly get in this country it's up there yeah i mean don't have nothing knock them around you're gonna see a lot of wheat oh
9: i've seen (laughs) my fair share of wheat
0: you're going to see those those uh, flowing, uh, you know, waves of grain that you, you sing about when you talk about God bless America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to see it yeah, <laughs> up close and personal. Now acres we upon acres. And then when you get close to uh, Colorado, you'll see <laughs> acres upon acres upon acres of sunflowers. Really?
9: Yeah. So what do they do with sunflowers out there? Sunflower seeds. Oh, yeah for birds and stuff and everything for is. people
0: yeah i mean major league ball players eat enough sunflowers to, to float the world yeah just about I, I still don't understand it i'm 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 kind of a double bubble man or a bazooka man myself i, I like, like to i don't like sunflower seeds i don't either to be honest i like to suck the salt off of them yeah. but then i spit them out that's kind <laughs> of the way i am i don't break them open. i'm not look i just don't have the the the, the i don't know tongue and teeth you know I, to, to coordination to crack the seeds open and, and you know, my
9: wife she she likes them she, she can crack them and, and never check up i can't a lot of other people what is it it was a davidson flowers yep that's the main, done main one by, by
0: the uh uh the jewish company
9: yeah it's got the red package on it yeah i think red and white or red and clear i don't remember yeah a little blue on it too yeah
0: yeah good they said they're supposedly the best and that's the one that you'll always see the big buckets of it mm-hmm. in the jo- in the dugout yeah
9: most yeah, especially go into you go into sam's too and you see them. i mean they're sitting everywhere this time of year
0: i want a big bucket <laughs> of joe bazooka bubble gum remember that remember mm-hmm. when you also you always yeah. bought the bazooka bubblegum? you opened it up and it always had the comic inside yep, of it always you know it probably still does to be honest so i i i like I bazooka
9: i ain't not seen none in the, in the stores or nothing like it anymore oh yeah it's which there. i ain't
0: paying no attention because i don't
9: i'm not allowed to chew gum no more and
0: their parts their pieces <laughs> are square with that dividing yep. line down the middle and then you had uh, a double bubble which was kind of a
9: round yeah it was, it was cylinder around, kind yeah. of thing
0: and uh, man. I didn't chew tobacco. There's, I can only tell you, there's a, when I played college ball, most of the guys either did dip or they chewed. Chewed tobacco. I, I chewed gum, so I would have to put at least four or five pieces <laughs> in my mouth to get the same kind of the cheek. Big knot. Yeah, going for uh, for everybody. <laughs> yeah, but
9: yours didn't last there as long as theirs does No,
0: yeah. I, I saw two – Jerry Garardo, a good buddy of mine, uh, who I played – against in high school we were personal friends as well so when we played griffith he was always playing he was up there in the batter's box and uh i forget who was the pitcher that day but they threw a fastball up and underneath his chin knocked him down and he swallowed his plug oh my god did he get sick <sighs> it was ugly oh God! i mean he got back up in the in the batter's box and heaved <laughs> all over the home plate and the umpire just looked at him and said get out of here he came out and threw a tile to the umpire oh he was sick yeah man. i mean he left he was so I, sick he had to
9: leave i can't say nothing I, I tried red man when i was younger deer hunting and my buddy that give it to me he come back by me and i was laying on the ground puking he said what is wrong with you i said you know that red man you give me i said don't you never give me no more of that stuff don't
0: ever swallow the juice well he didn't tell me that he didn't tell you that Yeah, that's not good he just said put it in your mouth and chew on it <laughs> look at that. look at russ it's just nah. i don't even want to talk about it it's did bad. you ever chew did you ever try to chew russ
1: not chew i dipped but uh, okay it was just a couple of times did you ever now, see, the did you ever swallow tap, like, the juice really
0: bad What's that because
1: if they got caught dipping over there Uh uh-huh coach would have them sit down with a bucket in front of them a five-gallon bucket mind you oh but they'd have to load up a whole can of copenhagen and if that stuff doesn't take taste like worm dirt i don't know what does but they would have to sit there and they sat there sometimes for two hours without spitting
0: oh my lord (laughs) yeah You, could, you know what? That, that's You a, can't do that, Dave. You that's the that, difference. That's that. the difference of then and, and now. now.
9: Yeah, now right? they have it. They have. Learned,
0: see, they learned a lesson that they never forgot, I guarantee it. <laughs> but now they'd be saying, well, you can't do that. Yep. You make them sick. You know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, you
1: make them <laughs> sick. Guess what? They remember, and they don't that's right. do that stuff again. Yeah,
0: that's the way, you know. i got to go-
1: turn my mic off. I'm about to say something I shouldn't ah. say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me so, get back. Go so ahead.
9: So, Dave, let's talk about cars. You know how hot it is Let's day? talk about heat. Yeah, go ahead. I've, know, it's got hot. Them, I've got them running out my ears overheating. I've talked to Joe. He does too. Gary Henry out at Mid State. And I'm sure we all got the same amount. They're all running hot. Uh, air conditioner's not working because everything is hot. I mean, the fans are not coming on and cooling everything off. You know, if, if you have a vehicle and you pull up to the stop sign and your air conditioner quits working, Stop. you need to get it repaired because the fan if it's a front wheel drive car the fan is not coming on going down the road it'll cool because it's got air blown across it but when you pull up it's a possibility it could have a bad air conditioner compressor but most likely it's got a fan that's not working you know you're taking a chance of running the ac plus taking a chance of running the motor yeah warping the head <laughs> oh yeah
0: the head warps you've got a very expensive fix i got my truck back did they finally did they get you one. Did they fix it or did they get they you just a you new it. one? I on, put a motor in. It.
9: Had to put a motor in it. Yeah, the lifter turned sideways and they had to block up. Wow. Yeah, they, I, matter of fact, they called me uh, Monday night about five o'clock. Uh, Seth did and said, "Hey, I got your truck ready. You can pick it up in the morning." So I went by and picked it up because the one I was driving was fixing to run out of miles.
0: Well, I I was uh, expecting a call today from Guatney uh, Collision haven't gotten one today so it means that probably i'm going to say it's going to be friday friday before yeah before it's done what happened is they pulled the doors off and then they found some more
9: damage they Damage on the insurance company
0: and, and insurance company right away said fix it yeah no big deal but
9: but then they got to get the parts and yeah. everything coming in
0: i have no idea what they didn't get into exactly what it was that they had to fix
9: probably found the the rocker panel or, or something like that and speaking of that dave yeah i got a good friend who owns a body shop in benton is it okay if i bring him one one wednesday yeah he wants you know he you know he's he's he painted airplanes for a living for a long time now he's, he's in the body shop business in this a to z body shop and he asked me about you know i asked him i said hey man look you know once once in a while can you come on radio with i asked davis okay and he said yeah so i may when i get back i'll get him to come up here with me one oh Wednesday absolutely and, and like i said he's painted airplanes so well if you're painted airplanes you can paint cars oh yeah he, he painted 747s and all kind of airplanes can, out here in little rock can so. you imagine painting one of those asked, huge airplanes i asked him that same question dave i said i said so chad how long does it take to paint? Play- we was talking about a corporate jet you know like a 12 seater or 14 seater. Yeah. he says there's two painters and when they start they don't quit until they get back around the other side he said because how soon airplane paint is different from car paint it dries quicker than a car paint does he said and you got to steady paint or don't you have white have shiny spots, have and, dull spots. Problems. and he said then then you got to go back and try to buff it and clean it and he said so when they start, they don't quit until they get back around to the other spot and stop at the finished spot. So how long did they say it takes? It took them eight hours.
0: From the moment they started till they finished? Till they finished the airplane. And that's, not, that's
9: just laying down one coat of paint, basically. That's all they put on was one coat. Okay. But he said it's a thick coat of paint. He said it's not like painting a car, you know, where a lot of it's air. Yeah. He said, it, he said, but it is a hard, he said, and he he said always oh, he's a, he's a little skinny guy he said always oh, got stuck up on the the man left and somebody <laughs> moving me he said but it takes that how long much fun forward. but yeah.
0: he, uh, I can but how did is that a decal that they put on on some of those or some of them he said are or, decals or are they painting some of those logos on
9: no he said those are he said basically those are are decals nowadays yeah he said used to they painted them but he said nowadays they'll paint the bottom coat and then they'll put the, the wrap on it to cover the rest of it so okay well that that probably helps some. by the way
0: speaking of the heat it's uh here in little rock right now 95 degrees and it feels like 102
9: <sighs> yeah it's hot out you ain't kidding It's hot My guys in the shop I've I preached to them All week Do not get too hot Make sure you drink Plenty of water If you get hot Come to the office Get an air conditioner I Go back in I got a break room With air conditioner in it I said you know Cool off Do not You know Don't You know if Don't you, take
0: advantage of it But cool yeah, off
9: If you need a 15 20 30 minute break Go to the office Sit in air conditioner You know Get cooled off I don't want You know I don't want to Go out there And find one of them Passed out or something Because it, it is miserable Right now I ain't like Joe I ain't got air conditioner <laughs> got in my office
0: (laughs) 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 gotta keep the office cool don't matter about the bays i'm just saying
9: (laughs) with that 11,000 square foot probably hard to heat to cool it's hard enough to heat most especially cool
0: okay so is your air conditioner going out like one of the first things that you're going to notice that your car is overheating
9: a lot of time the, the newer cars if it starts overheating bad the computer will take over and kill the A.C.
0: So if the A.C. goes off, be aware. Yeah, yeah.
9: you better be looking down because the light on the dash is flashing telling you, hey, I'm hot, turn me off now. And these new cars, you better turn them off when you see it because if you try to drive a mile on down to the next place where you can get off or the next (laughs) place you got somebody, well you just run a motor yeah you just absolutely run a motor in and, and motors nowadays are expensive you know do they do they
0: still do you guys have to <laughs> replace a whole motor or can you still replace
9: the head dave most time if they've got hot and they've run them up into the 250 degree range it's burnt because it's aluminum now yeah it's all basically 90 percent of the stuff on cars now aluminum <clears throat> and that's and all
0: because it's weight that yeah, we're talking about could,
9: well aluminum dissipates heat a whole lot better than cast iron does okay <clears throat> and that's that's why we and and weight. don't get me wrong and we went to the weight because it is lighter you know and but they just can't stand to get hot even a cast iron motor which the one in my truck it's got aluminum heads but it's got a cast iron block it can't stand to get hot which that wasn't what happened to mine mine dropped the lifter. I ate the block up, I ate the camshaft up, so they had to go in, and, and but it, they had it about two and a half weeks. And what? Uh,
0: I know they're they're still in using uh, aluminum, <coughs> but uh, what were they, they were trying to move the motors to a different type of uh, of material, and I can't come up with the name. They're trying to make them out of ca- uh, carbon fiber. There, okay carbon fiber what what was the other one that uh it starts with a c yeah and they wanted to make it out of that but they could never get it to work exactly right they
9: could it was too it was too porous and it had too many it would come with pinholes in the block and pinholes in the head and that was one and if you ever seen one of them it kind of looked like a styrofoam yeah you know if that's how porous it was and they had so much trouble that they had they had to disband it because they couldn't keep pinholes from coming in the block.
0: So now they think that with this car the, the carbon fiber that well, they can make that uh tough enough. Well we're making to be airplanes out of it.
9: it. You know, we're making body parts out of it. So I'm sure that it, that it'll work. I mean I I am pretty confident that they'll get all the bugs worked out of it and make it work. Aluminum done a good job for years. Oh yeah. And it still does a good job. They yeah. still every day, they put aluminum motors out every day. You know, but it's just uh you know, it, it's it just can't stand no heat, and these cars nowadays, Dave, a lot of them run two ten on the gauge, but most of them the fan don't come on to two twenty five.
0: And all you got to do is get a little over two fifty, and you're in the yeah, doo doo.
9: They they've got them pushed <laughs> to the limit, you know, and and they've done that for for fuel mileage for mm-hmm. EPA. You know, trying to get them back, you know, get them into the EPA to make EPA, you know, approve them when they're doing them. And and I can understand. That's why nowadays, you know, Dave, 30 years ago when you got in a car, you'd drive 20, 30 miles before the engine ever got warm enough to turn the heater on.
0: That's why I love cars today, especially when it's cold outside. (laughs) When I leave my house and my
9: SUV, it takes about four minutes. I was going to say about a mile and you'll be warm. I've seen the the – other truck i had i could drive out of my driveway which my driveway is about 75 80 foot long and turn on renee circle by the time i turn on renee circle it's already blowing hot air but you know and but that's for the epa because they're trying to get them to go into closed loop quick so everything clears up make the exhaust burn cleaner that's that's epa standards coming into there Mm -hmm. and uh it's a good thing that's why you see cars now like how many miles yours got on it? no i'm Two, i'm i'm over two hundred and sixty thousand now and just think i had the, the old red truck had 587 on it when the motor went down and it. yeah so i'm
0: hoping mine would go another three years and i'll be happy
9: yeah you know that's that's the thing you know um uh, my old red truck i put a used motor in i called rd out of sunnies and said hey i need a motor uh she sent me a motor and they put it in and so you know i'm gonna keep it another couple years anyway at least and just keep riding in it you now all, all my guy does is run parts in it back and forth to little rock every day so and then you got bumper to bumper Dave. good people yeah they take good care of me and joe and all of us gary henry the whole nine yard get you the parts that you need yes sir they get it they keep all our parts i deal with with dickie down at evans down in benton he's an independent jobber but uh he takes just as good a care of me if i work if it was with a crow store Dickie always takes good care of me and Gary. I mean, he takes good care of us, and and you know, so you can't beat them. They have the name brand stuff like AC Delco. They have Motorcraft. You know, they have middling clutches for big trucks. They have brake brake cam uh, brake chambers for big trucks. They have brake drum, brake shoes. Anything you want, Motorcraft, AC Delco, standard, which you, you know our standard. Yeah, he comes in here messes with yeah, us we all the time.
0: Here, So always have. Fun to have him He yep. talking to
9: us. I, I ain't seen Carter. Since, well, I ain't seen him since, radio, since the car show.
0: I saw him uh, a few weeks back over at Joe's. He was there at Joe's and happened to run into him.
9: Yeah, he comes sees me every once in a while when he's down my way. He'll stop by and see me. But, but you can't beat them folks over there. They're good people. They take good care of us. I mean, they – it's kind of like a family business dave they take care of us like we're all family i mean well Berlin game is a family it basically. is a family business but they take care of all of us like we're you know like we're part family. of their family and we are really fam- when it comes down to it when you're a certified center you know we are family members to them you know and because uh, we live and die by them they take good care of us and they get us our parts you know you just can't beat the people they're just great people all
0: right, Duck's here. If you've got a question, 823 0965. Let me do that slowly. 823 0965. And by the way, we have another five gallon bucket vacuum cleaner, wet dry vac. If you'd like it, be the fifth caller. 823 0965. 823 0965. Duck is messing with Russ over there, holding up fingers for 10 fifth caller <laughs> only the fifth caller eight two three zero nine six five, and you win one of these uh dry uh wet vacs and we give you the bucket and we give you the motor and the whole nine yards and it's Hose a and nice out. thing to to travel around with if you ever have a problem so Dave Ellswick show you call in we'll take a break got more coming your way in just a moment back with
9: <laughs> you Mike Miller the winner in Sherwood Mike how are you doing today
8: All right.
9: I appreciate it. Hey, you you need to go to Benton. Go see uh, Evans' uh, bumper to bumper store. It's at 408 Watson Lane. It's right off of military. Go in there and tell Dickie, and you'll have to have your driver's license. Yes, sir. Or or a picture ID so he'll know who's got it. But I'll go by and tell him tonight when I get off and tell him who won it.
8: All right. So, so what kind of vehicle you drive? I'm
0: driving a Camry right now. Good car. All right. So. Mike, let me tell you what. You want to really freak him out when you see Dickie? Take over like one of those family paintings of you that's like 11 by 14 or something (laughs) and take that in and show it the picture and say, see, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) That'll work. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be fun. go by and see Dickie
9: and he'll take care of you, Mike.
0: All right, Mike. Thanks for calling in and enjoy that uh, wet dry. We'll talk to you later. We had to break away from him because we've got news next right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let me talk to Duck a little bit. By the way, phone number 823-0965, 823-0965, number uh, to call if you have a question for Duck. Let's talk about oil a moment, uh, Duck, and that is— B&M. Yeah, well, B&M, but this really hot weather— makes it very imperative that you change your oil when you're supposed to change it as well as the right keeping the amount in there
9: and having the right oil oil in there there. yeah because cars nowadays dave i mean like the truck i got now it runs on zero weight oil that's incredible that's that's I mean, it's, it's, it's like it's water. water it's like water pouring out of a can then you got some this 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 you know 20 rate right? and you got some this 30 weight and some you got some is 15 they still like, go up to 30 oh yeah yeah they, oh, they, they still that. have 30 well you know like most of your 18 wheelers
0: run 15 to 40 in it well see i don't i don't think about yeah. the diesels i'm always talking about cars so yeah yeah diesels you need know, something like that yeah
9: because you know they're they're, they're pulling hard you know they had to have it to, you know but like you know like like the new gm trucks it, it runs zero weight motor oil zero 20 i mean it's thin but if you this time of year if you don't have the right weight oil in there you can damage your engine yes same way in the wintertime when it gets real bad cold they put that zero weight in there so when it's cold it can pump through the engine quicker so you 90 percent of you wear on the engine is during startup yeah let's talk about
0: that because joe talks about that and both time. of them yeah. all the time because when the car is stopped for any length of time, the motor oil goes to the pan.
9: Runs all back, back into the oil pan. To the
0: end, all right? So when you turn it over, it's got to get that oil back up again. It's got
9: to push it all back up on top. of it. Around the and crank and all of that. Around the crank, around the rods, around the pistons. Uh, and then it's got to go around the camshaft. And it floods the top of that engine with oil. It has to to keep because all your camshafts nowadays run into the head. They don't have an uh, insert in them or a cam bearing or whatever you want to call it. They don't have that no more. So they all have to run, flood, you know, flood the cylinder for the oil. If you don't, it burn up. I mean, it, it, it will seize the camshaft into the head. But the right viscosity of oil is, is what you need to make sure when you get your oil change. Hey, you, you sure you put the right in there? Unless you go to Mayor Joe, cause we're going to look up and tell you what it is you know we're gonna we're gonna most oil fiddle caps has it rolled onto the cap but we're still gonna look and make it's right sure right there in
0: your owner's manual right as well in your
9: owner's manual and you can look and make sure that we're putting right in there make sure we're putting the right amount most cars nowadays hold 3.78 quarts of oil i have yet to understand why we do something like it you know why not just make it four? which we use epac so i can give you 3.78 without any trouble you know but it's just so much better you know but we buy oil from B and M. We buy it from Angel. She's she's our salesman. Takes good care of you. She takes good care of us, yes sir. And I buy the Delo, the fifteen W forty for for the big trucks. Plus I buy the high mileage oil. I you know I buy the synthetic and everything from them. Good people. If you're interested in having them having them to supply you with oil, give Angel a call or call me or Joe one, and we'll give you Angel's number. She'll be more than welcome. To come take care of you.
0: Yeah, we'll get her back here on the the show, and we can talk about all the hard work that they've done uh, at b&m uh with the oils that they have yes, and and uh and all of the science that goes into to oil now and it's why it's so
9: expensive now but but dave that's why you see a car run five hundred eighty seven thousand miles for it lays down and gunking up like yeah, they used be- to because they got all kind of stuff in it to stop that they, they, they put teflon in it they put other additives in it to make it where it, it lubricates so much better So let me ask this question.
0: (coughs) I remember this was about 10, maybe 20 years ago. You know, when you get to a certain age, you lose track of time. (laughs) Anyway. Because you want to. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I remember the big thing was like putting those like – it wasn't called the drain plug. That's what you, you let the oil out with. But it was a plug that you could have installed in your engine that held the oil up in the head. Yes, check valve. Do they do that still? Yeah, all, all of them got check valves. They all them. have them now.
9: Yeah, they had to. Because these cars nowadays, they, they drain enough oil back into the pan, but they have to have check valve in to hold some of it up there. But 90% of your wear when your motor, when you hit that key and it first Friction. starts, it has nothing to lubricate the bearings. And they're running just metal against metal, and then as soon as the oil pops to it, and it, you know, it, it goes away. But 90% of the wear and tear on a vehicle is done on startups. I'm just thinking – with that type of metal to metal that's going
0: on it doesn't take any time for those things to get red hot no
9: sir it don't take i've speaking of that dave i got isx coming sitting there in the floor waiting on a a short block to come in supposed to be in today sometimes the number five rod is totally black oil pump went down on it no okay and cooked it you know but there again you know, that's just part of this truck has got a million eight hundred and something thousand on it. <laughs> and this, are, I mean, the motor's been in framed a couple of times. Yeah, but, I'm sure. But, you know, that's how many miles the truck has on it. I think it's a million eight hundred and eighty eight thousand. I think is what they told me.
0: That's, a, you know, when you give those numbers, it's really incredible to where we've gone with automobiles and trucks yes sir
9: used to a truck if it had a million miles then it was wore out i mean it was wore from the front to the back top to the bottom the cab was wore out i mean it was wore out but nowadays two million miles on a truck ain't nothing that's incredible and that's just say
0: you know everybody says give me the good old days you know what these are mm-hmm. the good old days i'm just I, telling
9: you i'll take fuel injection over a carburetor anytime i overhauled a carburetor the other day dave a quarter jet could you remember everything oh yeah i still got the tools <laughs> to. but i had a, a lady come in got one she brought it in she said i can't find nobody to overhaul this and what year was it uh it was a 81 model wow Chevrolet pickup with a 454 in it 454 says, you can get that much
0: horsepower out of something much smaller now you have to have
9: a four summer nowadays she said i've been to three or four different places and everybody tells me to come see you I said, yes, ma'am, I can overhaul it, but it'd take me a day or two because I I I'm the only one in the shop that can do it. Everybody else looks at me like, yeah. You
0: got to figure out all the float and all that.
9: Oh, I, I got all the tools adjusted with and everything. And so I finally got a kit. I had to order a kit for it. It took three days to get one. Finally got the kit and float. I overhauled it and called her and said, okay, it's ready. Come on. She come by there and I give it to her and she smiled and went on home. Do
0: you remember pulling carbs off and just taking them apart to clean them?
9: oh yeah and then putting them back on again yeah, we, and get great
0: we had, and get great great gas mileage yeah. for a few
9: months a lot of times you didn't even use no new gaskets or nothing you just pull apart and blow them out clean them out clean the jets on them put them back on yeah dave i can remember when savings oil had refined oil in glass bottles and i have two of those glass bottles i like that and uh, i don't
0: i don't even remember glass bottles what i remember is the uh the ten uh, big tins that you mm-hmm. had to put the the spout into mm-hmm. to be able to put the oil in the car
9: i can this thing had a funnel that stuck up on that glass bottle that sticks up about three inches and it goes down to a comb shape very cool my dad owned a service saving station in town or run it he didn't own it. he run it for another guy but uh when he passed away i was going through his shed and i found them, and i brought them home they're in they're in my basement right have now. you ever
0: le- looked on like ebay or anything i bet you those are worth money i wouldn't sell them for nothing but i'm just saying yeah they probably are they're but, probably worth quite a bit to be honest with you because that's going back probably to the 50s uh yeah late 50s so yeah 56
9: 57 my old. wife was digging i still got some stuff in boxes from my mom and dad's house and she found a uh you remember the old can it had the at the triangle deal you push down top of oil can oh yeah she found my dad's opener the spout yeah, yeah the, no no it was like a like you open a beer bottle with yes and open it she found it and she showed it to me the other day and she said look what i found your dad's stuff yeah i i've i have found uh well in my father's
0: garage <laughs> after he passed away i forget how many spouts because you used to lose them all the time oh yeah and uh, that he had in the garage that he had not been able to find and, oh, yeah, go out and get, buy another
9: one they get fell over in the corner you know or whatever but but if you know right now most cars nowadays dave like my new truck has a, a warning device you can reset it to 100 percent, and when it gets time for a service yeah it will tell you when you get down uh like mine i said I reset mine when they put the new motor in my truck back to hundred percent, and when it gets down to about ten or twelve percent, it'll come on and say, "Hey, it's time for oil change." Yeah, <clears throat> I come in
0: at a anywhere between twenty and thirty
9: percent. Usually, I catch mine around twenty percent. Yeah, know. but the good thing about that is it takes in consideration if you're sitting on the interstate like you going home, going up sixty seven. Yep you know sitting in place if you're sitting in place for 20 <laughs> or 30 minutes it takes it, every time that key is on it takes all that in consideration and it calculates it in the computer in the ECM and then it tells it okay hey we burnt 2% drop it down 2% yeah and uh, you know
0: my SUV does a good I don't job e- of that. I
9: don't even put a sticker on mine when I my own personal truck I do my customers I don't move mine when
0: they do it for me I don't look at that I wait I look at it that's why and check it out
9: every time a guy serves my truck he's you want to stick around nope just reset my thing back to 100 that that's the
0: key set it back to 100 yep. percent. so question for you on this because they've really been pushing this i forget who the stock car driver is that does the ad it's the one where the guy says well we're gonna go out and play some golf or whatever mm-hmm. it's that twenty thousand mile oil and every time i see that i cringe well dave
9: i i, I got i got two things on that the oil may make 20,000 miles. The oil filter will not. Mm-hmm. Unless that's, you a perfect, uh, unless, that's the perfect
0: thing to tell everybody.
9: Unless you can come up and show me where an oil filter will run 20,000 miles, oil filter stops up just like your arteries in your heart stops up when mm-hmm. you get stuff in it. That's what that filter is there to filter the particles out of the oil. All oil has particles in it. They get particles through the dirt that runs down through the engine, drops down around, goes around the piston, falls into the pan. You cannot. I you had to. You'd have to show me and convince me that that a filter nowadays that is a three quarters of a quart oil filter is a big one nowadays. All the way down to a quarter of a quart oil filter. Wow! Can run twenty thousand miles. I you know they may preach that on TV, but until they show me in writing, I'm hard headed and I'm bullheaded about that. You yeah if you're going to do it yeah every five or six thousand miles go put oil filter on
0: all right let's get a break in then we'll come back finish up uh, this hour with duck here talking about cars uh, courtesy of bumper to bumper oil and i tell you b&m oil and bumper to bumper auto parts here on the dave Ellswick show okay so when duck's on and when joe's on we like to talk about how they've come back to the muscle cars in the last couple of years. The, the
9: last five years.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can – I my car, my my SUV, my wife got T-boned in a Walmart parking lot. It's at Guatney Collision right now in Jacksonville. They're fixing it. Well, while they're fixing it, uh, my insurance is paying for me to have a uh, a rental until it's ready. and uh, And it's good. I can get it for up to 32 days, I think it is, and yep. they'll pay for it. So I went over, and and I said, well, what do you got? And he says, well, we got uh, the Altima, we got this, (laughs) we got that. And he says, "Uh, we got a Challenger. And I go, Uh, so (laughs) I'll take the Challenger. And uh, got in it. And here's the key about this. The Challenger for 2018 looks like the late 60s Charger. Charger, yeah. Exactly same kind of body style cuz I used to drive a 1969 Dodge Charger. And I got into that man, you talking about feeling like I went back in time? Comfortable. Oh, it's one it's a wonderful car. I'm sitting there driving it. It's got the long front end. Good you, response. You look out for, over top of the hood, it looks like it goes on forever. Yep. And yeah, the, the response is a lot better than my SUV. I'll be honest with that. <laughs> it's a lot better. I'm not driving it like I stole it. I, I don't do it that bad, but I'm known to You've drive up a few drive times, down. So. I've gotten it up to about 95 one time. The speedometer pegs out at 165. That's exactly what the Charger <laughs> did. And they screwed up the Charger when they brought it back because they made it a
9: four-door sedan.
0: Yeah. The Charger was never meant to be a family
9: sedan. Never seen a four-door.
0: No, it was not supposed to be that way. But I'm going to tell you, I really like it. Here's what I like. I get in it. I've got the key Mm fob. I push the button. It starts. Yep. All right? And it's got that real nice growl start to it, and it sits there. And when it starts uh, just sitting idling, you wouldn't even know the engine's on. Yep. You step on the, the, the throttle, you'll know it's on. Oh, yeah.
9: It, it'll jump and get away from you no that's
0: good it's 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 but, really a nice but car but
9: dave ain't it amazing how good they ride well I, i'll be
0: honest uh, my my wife thinks it rides rough really but that's the way a charger rode a charger was a sports car a charger you were supposed to feel the road
9: yeah and you feel it with this challenger well a charger always set real low to the ground so it yeah a the challengers ground. down Yeah, down so it, there it, so it would hug the ground you oh, know. i love it i M- love especially car. you seen him with a spoiler on the back it keep him shoved down to the ground yeah that was the old daytona yeah charge what about the the you remember the, the road runner had the great old big tall wing on the back yep. of it there was a guy in my hometown he had one and he uh he finally totaled it out <laughs> <laughs> if you don't think he, that wing works you're wrong that he, baby works he jumps train track and okay that's it he didn't know that the tracks were there oh no he knew they was there not he'd me had, he'd had one too many to drink
0: okay so he thought he was dukes of hazard huh
9: he duked it pretty good <laughs> he, landed on, he landed on top of the man's building really mm-hmm. oh my god he had to be really i said he was running about 120 it. when he when he went airborne he went airborne yeah, yeah but he's lucky to be alive what? it did not fall through the roof
0: well that's good for they, him
9: they took a crane over there and when they picked it up it shut it shoved all the fenders in they tore the bottom of it up when it oh, came sure. off the train track but uh they set it down on the ground they hauled it off of a record i can still remember it just because i knew the guy who owned the store uh, uh it was one of one of our good friends his dad and mother owned the store cd heating and and but it was it was comical to go by and look at it dave you go by and look up there and it's sitting up there this is pretty it was a it was one of them funky green color ones Ugh. and that's what and i had the orange on it but yeah that kind of that lime green yeah it's color. kind of like a, and, but it was but that thing would fly, fly it did yeah. fly <laughs>
0: yeah it took off yeah that the charger i had you know whenever you have a car and and i know a lot of guys that had muscle cars back in the the 60s that are listening right now and you'll remember you had to at least once get somewhere where you could really open it up blow the carbon out so to speak blow the soot out yeah and up in indiana where i grew up at uh, up in northwest indiana there's the, Borm- the borman uh, borman expressway and uh, i'd come off the calumet expressway from over in illinois and i hit the borman and i'd open it up we went out opened it up one night it was about 3 30 in the morning and you had about 30 miles straight shot to get to the indiana toll road scared my friend to death
9: <laughs> i pegged
0: the speedometer
9: well back then they would peg it
0: yeah i mean i pegged it all the way down and it was it still continued to growl mm-hmm. and i finally let up because the front end started bouncing
9: <laughs> got weight, got light in the front end. yeah yeah
0: and i let up on it and i mean that was the only time i've gone and gotten been in a car and if you looked out the side windows Things were going by so fast it Telephone was. a blur look like picket fence they Yeah. It was it was just a blur. Yeah. But boy, that was exciting.
9: Oh yeah. It's exciting now if you don't get caught.
0: I got yeah. I got it. I got a need for speed, like they're talking about in Top Gun. Yeah. yeah, I like I like going fast.
9: I got a need for my foot gets heavy, <laughs> and then I Little get in Commander
1: trouble. Cody and his Lost Planet Airman.
9: <laughs> <laughs> love, I just love. I I
0: don't drive fast in heavy traffic or anything. I'm cognizant of your what your your ever. I've ridden to lunch with
6: you, dude. You're <laughs> like the Starship
9: Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that
0: you cover a lot of ground in a very short period of time
9: you know what i tell them dave What's i that? drive my i drive the speed limit my speed there limit. you go absolutely and i always drive with the
0: flow of the traffic i never yeah. drive slower well, than well nowadays flow of traffic, the
9: flow of traffic is 75 80 mile an hour nowadays. typically yeah
0: typically it is well, listen, I know that you're getting ready to go on vacation. I want you to go out. This is the first time Duck has ever gone on a vacation. He has been married for 42 years, and you're to be commended for that. It's a long be time. For, yes, it's a long time, and it's it's a great thing that you've done. But for 42 years, they've never done a, a vacation together longer than a working week, five days. Yep. This time, maybe 21 days.
9: Yep. I told her i just told her i said this we're gonna get in the motorhome and we will get back we'll be back home
0: i love it i'll and see I'll, you when I'll you get back i'll probably call
9: you on wednesday when i where we're you know next wednesday where we're at this but i'll, I'll get gary henry if somebody come well, in, don't and fill in for me and joe
0: okay you know get you know get we'll get gary in here because yeah. you and joe <laughs> will be gone both of you will be on vacation and then when you come back after that well we'll have joe on first yep. and then we'll have you when you get back yep look All forward right. to it you have a great vacation you too, tell Dave. your wife the same it's uh, time for me to take a break. Coming back, John Malcolm will join us from the Heritage Foundation. We'll talk about Kavanaugh, the uh, nominee for the Supreme Court. You'll learn all about him when we return. All right, final hour of today's uh, Wednesday show, Hump Day, Middle of the Week Day, or the Hill Day. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday, so that's a good thing. Uh, today, we'll uh, finish up uh, for this half hour talking about the latest nominee for the Supreme Court. That's uh, Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, not a big surprise as far as being put out there by the president. From what we understand, uh, he was the pick uh, that was right under Gorsuch. Uh, in fact, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh know each other very well. They clerked uh, together at, at the same time for uh, Justice Kennedy, who is the retiring uh, Supreme Court justice that they are looking to replace with uh, Kavanaugh uh, to be his replacement. Uh, uh, Bartlett looks like uh, she'll have to wait for the next person uh, that uh, gets replaced and because the president evidently wanted a fairly easy confirmation and saying easy is a big, big, big reach as far as um, Republicans go because the Democrats are going to fight tooth and nail as much as they can against whomever. I mean, Senator Lindsey Graham said uh, last night that they could have nominated George Washington and they would have demonized him uh, during the confirmation uh, hearing. So uh, just so you'll know what's coming and you'll know about uh, Judge Kavanaugh, we wanted to bring somebody on that could talk about him and talk with uh, uh, some knowledge about uh, what is going to be happening. And to do that, I always turn to my friends at the Heritage Foundation in D.C., and uh, John Malcolm is going to join us. And, John, how are you today? Thanks for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show.
10: I'm doing great. It's good to be with you.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, Judge Kavanaugh. First of all, let's talk about why they didn't go with the lady. Uh, That was Amy Bartlett, correct?
10: Yeah, well, it's actually Amy Coney Barrett Barrett, uh, is her name. Look, there are a number of of very highly qualified women uh, on uh, on the Trump list. You know, I can't tell you exactly why he chose Brett Kavanaugh over Amy Coney Barrett. There are some obvious differences uh, between the two of them beyond just their gender. So Brett Kavanaugh has been a judge on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the second most important court in the land just below the Supreme Court for the last 12 years. Amy Coney Barrett has been a judge on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals for about eight months. She had an incredibly distinguished uh, academic career before that, she was a, a Scalia clerk. Uh, she clerked. Uh, I mean, she was um, a law professor at George Washington, then University of Virginia, and since 2002, a law professor at Notre Dame Law School. Uh, she has uh, published a series of outstanding articles on a whole slew of issues that conservatives would care about. She was received letters of support from every member of the Notre Dame faculty and from 73 academics around the country of a variety of political stripes, all of whom said some of us agree with her on political issues, some of us disagree with her, but one thing we all agree on is that she is a very serious scholar who has contributed mightily uh, to the, you know, the legal landscape. So her day may come, uh, but you know it wasn't this time around. You know that having been said, Brett Kavanaugh, who not only, by the way, clerked with Neil Gorsuch, they and went to high school together. Right uh, is a is a superb nominee, and and he will be confirmed and be an outstanding associate justice on the Supreme Court.
0: Yeah, I, I think something that people should know is that, uh, and and you bring this up in your article that you that you wrote for the Daily Signal that uh, Brett Kavanaugh, when he was up uh, to go to the D.C. court, uh, the Circuit Court had a really tough confirmation process he was nominated just reading from what you have here he was nominated uh, back in 2000 and, uh, what was it 2003 Three. he yeah. wasn't confirmed until 2006 and it was by a vote of 5736 Four Democratic senators voted in favor of his confirmation but none remain in the Senate today so i I would say he's not afraid of taking a few punches.
10: No, Brett Kavanaugh's uh an, an incredibly friendly and and individual you got you got a sense of what a lovely family he has and you know what a personable guy he is uh during the really the president's introduction of him on Monday night. I, I was there in the in the White House when when that happened. Uh but you know, he's tough as nails. So let's just review a little bit about Brett Kavanaugh. He's 53 years old, he's Yale Law School. Uh, after uh, two appellate clerkships uh, at the Court of Appeals, he clerked for Justice Anthony Kennedy uh, on the Supreme Court. He then worked for independent counsel, Ken Starr, uh, and He was one of the authors of the Starr Report. He was a principal prosecutor and investigator looking into the Vince Foster suicide. Uh, after working for Ken Starr, he uh, went to a law firm, Kirkland & Ellis, a very prestigious firm where he was a partner working on appellate matters. Uh, he then went to the White House, where for five years, he was a senior advisor to uh, President George W. Bush. Uh, it was it was his involvement in, for, with both Ken Starr and in the White House that led a lot of Democrats to oppose him when he was nominated to the D.C. Circuit, but he finally got on there, and for the last 12 years, he's offered, authored over 300 opinions on a whole variety of very significant matters, uh, and he is – uh, you know, an excellent writer, he has an incisive mind, he uh, is well respected by judges across the country whether they were appointed by democrats or republicans, he's a textualist, he's an originalist so he's somebody who applies the law as it is written based on its original public meaning he doesn't pour his personal or political views into his opinions uh, and he will be a super. It has a judicial philosophy that I admire greatly. Uh, it believes in the separation of powers. Uh, casts a jaundiced eye towards excessive deference that courts show to executive branch agencies uh, when implementing arguably an- ambiguous laws. Uh, it's a philosophy that I admire up and down the line. He's the full package, and he'll be a great Supreme Court justice.
0: Yeah, as far as what I've seen and reading a lot of the stuff that he that he's written, and I've done my due diligence and have read some of uh, the things that he's r- written about, uh, it's, it's shocking to me—well, it shouldn't be shocking, I guess. I understand the playbook the Democrats play by— uh, where elections have consequences only for the Democrats, never for the Republicans, and so they cry and moan and bitch on on the air all the time about how the Republicans c- uh, control all three branches of the government now. Well, elections have consequences. I I just can't get over saying that enough. But uh, the 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 bottom line is is that you've you've got a judicial nominee here that they say. Is going to stop abortion in America, and it's going to destroy uh, uh, Obamacare. Now, l- let's be honest here: abortion. Even if the Supreme Court would, let's say, strike down Roe v. Wade, all that's going to happen is that you're going to have fifty wars about, uh, you know, abortion in the various states. Is that not true?
10: You yeah, know that that is true. Although I want to add that you know this is. This is a scare tactic that the Democrats use. They have been speaking in apocalyptic terms about Roe versus Wade <laughs> since Sandra Day O'Connor was nominated in the early yep. 1980s. There's only one justice currently sitting on the Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas, who has said that the court should reconsider Roe and that he thinks that Roe, Roe was wrongly decided. Courts, you know, The Supreme Court in particular moves in very incremental fashion. I, I see no evidence that the Supreme Court is anxious to take up Roe versus Wade anytime soon. You know, states pass regulations that affect abortion practices, and those cases come up uh, to the Supreme Court from time to time. Sometimes they're upheld, sometimes they're struck down. That's what happened when Justice Kennedy was on the court, and that's what will happen when Brett Kavanaugh uh, is on the court, too. But, you know, you, you would think that when you listen to the Democrats that, you know, dogs are going to sleep with cats and people are going <laughs> to die in the streets, and you know, and it's just, uh, it's not... It's just not going to happen.
0: You know what they remind me of? They remind me of the guy in the movie Airplane that runs around in the control tower with his hands in the hair uh, in the air and his hair on fire, basically talking about how everything is coming to an end.
10: Yeah, you know, you wouldn't, you would. Let's talk about the Obamacare issue. I mean, a judge is a judge. He's not a legislator. He's not passing. Obamacare. I mean, he, he's there to determine, you know, interpret the law and determine whether a law is constitutional. Uh, and and by the way, all of these prognostications about Obamacare being struck down—one, if it were to happen, then Congress could take up the issue again. All of the Republicans favor covering pre-existing conditions too. But in addition to that, Justice Kennedy, the man whom Judge Kavanaugh would replace. He voted to strike down Obamacare. The five justices who voted to uphold Obamacare include Chief Justice Roberts. And all five of those justices are going to remain on the Supreme Court after Brett Kavanaugh is confirmed. So I I don't know where they're even coming up with this stuff. They must have, like, a joke writer in the back who, who, you know, comes up with these arguments. And they they figure, okay, let's trot it out and see whether it works.
0: Well, they've been... You can. Want, they got a unified front. I'll give them credit for this. But one of the new things that they're out there floating around is because the president is under investigation, how dare he name a Supreme Court nominee? He's under investigation. Give me a break. In this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. And they haven't even come close to saying that there were any co- collusion and uh, there was any kind of, you know, justice obstruction with this president. They haven't proven anything yet.
10: Well, you know, look, the world does not come to an end just because there is a special counsel who is investigating the president. They, they're somehow suggesting that... Uh, you know, oh my God, the, the, the Brett Kavanaugh could, could somehow pardon uh, Donald Trump. If something were to uh, happen with him, you know, happen to him. This did not prevent Neil Gorsuch from getting confirmed. I don't remember when Stephen Breyer and Elena Kagan uh, were. Uh, appointed to you know and Bill Clinton got to appoint people to the Supreme Court I guess Stephen Breyer and Ruth Bader Ginsburg he was under investigation too I don't remember anybody squawking about any of that but you know that's just again I I think the Democrats are are trying anything and hoping that some of it will stick and they are of course out to energize their base and so they they're doing what they feel they need to do okay but at the end of the day uh, there will be a confirmation hearing. The American people are going to see just what kind of a judge Brett Kavanaugh is going to be on the Supreme Court. I think they will like what they see and' gonna get confirmed.
0: All right, so tell us what uh, how soon do you think the confirmation process will will begin? As you said, there's a lot of paperwork that Kavanaugh has uh, that uh, his opinions are on. How long do they give people to look at that as as well as, um, you know, they sit down and 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 begin questioning this man. How long do you think it'll be before they begin? And how long do you think the confirmation will take? You 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 followed this?
10: Sure. Well, Judge Kavanaugh has uh, has already started his courtesy calls with senators up on the hill, and and all of that paperwork, including stuff from the Bush Library from his five years in the Bush White House, that's all being compiled. So the average length of time between a nomination and a confirmation hearing is is you know seventy two. Uh, days. so And that would put a confirmation vote uh, at some time in mid-September. So I, I think they're going to schedule uh, the hearings for late August, possibly right after Labor Day. The hearings will probably take uh, four days. It's usually two days with the nominee and then a day for you know, detractors and then proponents, three or four days for the hearing. And then the Democrats will string it out as long as they can. But there will be a vote sometime in September. uh, And I predict that Brett Kavanaugh will be confirmed and on the Supreme Court when the Supreme Court hears its first oral arguments on Monday, October 1st.
0: Which Democrats do you believe will vote for Kavanaugh? I gotta believe Mansions going to vote for him. I gotta believe High Camp's going to vote for him, and Don Lee of Indiana. Those are three I think I can say I'm eighty percent sure they'll vote. Now they didn't show up for the the candidate when uh, he was uh, introduced by Trump. Trump invited them to come, but they they said no, we're not going to be there. A lot of people read a lot more into that than I think is there to read.
10: Well, I think the Democrats are going to put a lot of pressure. Uh, on those guys not to uh, vote for Brett Kavanaugh but if the Republicans hold and if uh, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski Indicate that they are going to vote for the nominee, and Jeff Flake indicates that he's going to vote uh, for for the nominee, so that it then becomes inevitable that Brett Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed. Then at that point, the, the ones that you named, Heidi Heitkamp, Joe Manchin, Joe Donnelly, maybe John Tester, maybe Doug Jones down in Alabama. Uh, you know, then I think the odds are high that most, if not all, of them will cross over and, and ultimately vote to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. If if Collins and Murkowski decide not that they are not going to vote for the nominee or some other Republican senator, then, then the calculus changes somewhat. But I think at the end of the day, all of the Republicans will vote to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. And I think a number of those Democrats will cross over and vote to confirm him, too.
0: Now, well, Flake uh, announced last night that he thought that Kavanaugh is a, quote, solid pick. So I think yeah. that tells us that, you know, Flake will uh, will play ball with the, the Republicans, uh, at least for this. Let's take a break. When we come back, I'd like to talk to you about, you say that Kavanaugh is a committed textualist. I'd like you to explain that statement to my listeners. Uh, John yep. Malcolm is our guest from the Heritage uh, Foundation, a great, great think tank. I always turn to them when I need uh, really good, solid information, and we turn to them to hear about uh, Brett Kavanaugh here on the Dave Ellswick show break and then more coming your way in a moment. All right, back here for the last few moments uh, with our guests, uh, John Malcolm from the heritage foundation. It's a uh, heritage.org heritage.org. That's your website. You can go there and, re- and read uh, what Brett Kavanaugh had to say about Trump hitting another home run with his Supreme court pick. It's well worth your time to read it. So that, uh, and sometimes it's just a matter. I'll tell you, you can bring up actual facts to your liberal friends. Now, I'm not saying that mean anything to them, but you'll have facts for them. One of them be, uh, will be that you'll be able to tell them what a textualist is, and I'll turn to to John to tell us about that.
10: Yeah. So a textualist uh, is somebody who looks at a law and says, "All right." What is that law? The law is the actual language of the bill that was passed by both the House of Representatives and the Senate and signed into law by the president or if the president vetoed it, overriding the presidential veto. It's somebody who will say, I'm going to give a plain interpretation to those words and apply that law to the facts. Of a case, the only you know, or I will look at the plain meaning of that law to determine whether it is constitutional or not. I'm not going to look for some hidden, unstated meaning of the law. I'm not going to pour through the congressional record and look for some speech that a senator might have given at 11 o'clock at night to a completely empty chamber and try to apply what that senator said to this law. Uh, and if I end up applying that law to the facts of the case, and I reach a result that I don't happen to like on a personal level,
5: mm-hmm.
10: I'm going to set my personal views aside and apply the law based on how it was written. And if Congress doesn't like those un- perhaps unintended consequences of my application of the law, Congress remains free to rewrite that law and amend it. But it's up to Congress to amend the law not up to a judge to effectively amend the law by twisting the words to mean something other than what their plain meaning indicates they mean.
0: Wow, and John, we, I, so wish that, I wish that I wish Justice uh, Chief Justice Roberts could hear your explanation.
10: Yeah, well, I mean that was <laughs> that was the problem with the Obamacare decisions is that you read that, you read Chief Justice Roberts's decisions, and you said you really came away with the impression. He really doesn't believe what he's writing, but he is scared of the consequences of striking this law. Mm-hmm. So he is twisting the plain meaning of the statutes In in the King versus Burwell case, it said exchange is established by the state, and he said I'm going to t- interpret the phrase an exchange established by the state to mean an exchange established by the state or the federal government, and that's the word. That's what he did in order to uh, to preserve that law. That is not a textualist interpretation.
0: All right. We appreciate your time today. We only got you for a half hour. I'll let you go. But thank you. Uh, You shed a lot of light on, uh, on Kavanaugh and the process. Again, for my listeners, Trump hits another home run with Supreme Court pick written by Brett Kavanaugh. On the Daily Signal. John Malcolm, not Brett Kavanaugh. No, (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, Brett Malcolm. (laughs) Apologize. Apologize. Again, uh, from the Heritage Foundation. Thanks a lot uh, and appreciate you, John, for joining us today. Great to be with you. All right. Bye-bye now. Yeah, I got myself tongue-tied there. His last name is Malcolm. Read that article, heritage.org r g here's the news you know i don't know about you uh and i don't know what car you drive i drive a car it's got over 260,000 miles on it right now it's over a Guatney collision being fixed after it got hit in the side uh at a uh, a stop sign a three-way stop uh my wife hadn't stopped she didn't have to didn't have a a, a stop sign and was behind another car and that car went through the intersection. she entered the intersection and the person who had been stopped coming through the intersection for whatever reason jumped through the stop sign ran into her side. So the car is being fixed and I don't uh, when you look at how they're fixing it, uh, they say that they get uh, they use uh, secondary doors. In other words, they use doors from an auto salvage yard. I don't know if they use Sonny's. Uh, I told them if they were going to use the secondary door that I'd like them to use Sonny's Auto Salvage uh, because at Sonny's Auto Salvage you can you can get the uh, you know the parts that you need without any problem whatsoever. I know this for a fact because on uh, my 2009 uh, uh, Toyota I've put a new transmission into it from Sonny's Auto Salvage. I put a new motor in it from Sonny's Auto Salvage. I got a three-year uh, warranty, parts, labor, and unlimited mileage. That means I don't have to worry about it at all. If something goes wrong with it during that three years and it's already got 270 on it, figure I'm going to get another probably close to 100,000 miles over the next three years on it, uh, then uh, I've done well. I feel I've done very well at that point. And uh, then, if something goes wrong, you can figure something was ready to go wrong, as far as that's concerned. I've also gotten a uh, a rear tail light for my SUV. There, I'm getting a rear wiper from Sonny's. Although we're having a little problem with that, he's going to have to go out and go to one of the other salvage yards around the United States to find one. And but when it's found, it'll be shipped here, and then it's going to be mine for twenty dollars, and I'll have a rear wiper again again on the SUV. You can have all those same things that I just talked about. All you have to do is call Sonny's Auto Salvage, and they'll deliver the part to your particular technician. You don't have to worry at all about, it, uh, about that. They'll make sure they deliver to the, uh, technicians all over the, the central Arkansas area. 982-7451 is the number to call. That's 982 List came out today. This is from the website Wallet Hub, and they released their rankings for the worst big cities in the country and found that several high-profile places are at the bottom of the list when it comes to city management and operating efficiency. Now, here's something I want you to understand when you talk about the big cities of America. Which party typically controls them? And if you said Democrat, Uh, Give yourself a gold star. That's exactly right. Washington, D.C. is the number one nation's capital. But in this survey, it is called the worst run city in America. In fact, here are the 10 worst run cities, according to Wallet Hub's July 9th release. Number one, Washington, D.C. Number two, Detroit, Michigan. Number three, New York City, New York. Number four, San Francisco, California. Let me just say, if you go to New York, you go to San Francisco, you go to L.A., you go to a lot of the places out in California now, you're going to get buried by homeless people. And they're sleeping on the street. In fact, they say that the smell of excrement in San Francisco is so bad now that it will turn your stomach. So keep that in mind. Uh Number five, Gulfport, Mississippi. Number six, Oakland, California. Number seven, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Number uh, eight, Flint, Michigan. Number nine, Cleveland, Ohio. Number 10, Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, Wallet Hub financial writer Adam McCain said that they constructed a quality of services uh, and they made that into a score it was made up of 35 different metrics grouped into six service categories, which uh, they then measured against the city's per capita budget. Ironically, the District of Columbia, which is home uh, to the nation's budget makers, was ranked as the worst city when it comes to budget per capita. D.C. also finished near the bottom of the 150 city list in terms of public education and that's always an amazing one because that's why all of the politicians send their kids to private schools is because the public education is so terrible in D.C. But the politicians in D.C. that run the city will not allow vouchers for uh, families to send their kids to the schools they want their kids to go to. They put them in these, you know, these of of public schools. There in Washington, D.C., and their health score is uh, in the dredges as well. Detroit, the second worst run city, finished in last place in Wallet Hub's rankings for financial stability. Really, I was shocked. <laughs> uh, if you know anything about Detroit, you would not be stunned that financial stability was their main problem, as well as overall economy. St. Louis, the 15th worst-run city, posted the worst score in terms of safety in the survey. One thing every big city has in common are major roadways, traffic, and a reputation for pollution. Think about the people who run these cities. They're the ones that are supposed to be wanting clean air 21st century traffic and roadways. In those fields, California cities were found to be the worst in the country and road quality, Los Angeles, Santa Ana, Fremont, Oakland, and San Francisco all tied for the worst streets in the United States. As for air pollution, Wallet Hub says Huntington Beach, Los Angeles. Not fair about Los Angeles. Got the Sierra Uh, Mountains right there, and they trap a lot of the uh, pollution from the cars right there. Uh, Santa Ana, Bakersfield, and Riverside have the dirtiest air uh, in America. So I thought you'd just want to hear about all that. And and it's a good uh, thing that you take a look at uh, that uh, the liberals run these cities and that – It's a perfect proof that the more socialism that you see in these cities, the worse places they are to live. All right, let's get our final break in, then we'll be back with the final segment of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Wednesday hump day, middle week day, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. And then I'll tell you what you can expect tomorrow. Got a great segment tomorrow that nobody else seems to be talking about except us. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, our good friend, uh, Sacha Baron Cohen, is at it again. You know, I don't mind his humor. Uh, sometimes things that he does is funny. Other times it's ridiculous, and typically it's gross. Uh, but when you set up to talk to Sarah Palin and uh, you tell her it's going to be a legitimate interview... And uh, they tell you that the person who is going to interview you is a disabled U.S. veteran. It's at that point that I stop and say, "You've gone too far." When you using heavy makeup, make sure that you can't be recognized, and you use a disabled. Uh, American uh, veteran as a way to, uh, you know, be able to punk somebody. Uh, I'll not watch the show, all right? It's it's on a, a pay channel. I don't take it, so I don't have to worry about uh, not turning it on because I'd get nothing if I did turn it on. But I have enough love for our, our men and women who have uh, fought for this country and have been have been uh, uh, injured and wounded uh, for our country that I don't find somebody uh, making it look like they're a disabled U.S. veteran uh, to get a laugh. I don't find that laughable at all. Now, Cohen has every right in the world, as far as I'm concerned, to do his, his particular comedy. I think it says a lot about the pay channel that is I have no idea paying him X amount of, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not several million dollars to do this. Uh, But uh, the key is, is that you don't have to turn it on. And I would uh, state uh, to you that you probably should not. And especially uh, if you appreciate uh, your veterans. Well, it sounds like something that Q, the tech guy in James Bond movies, would create, and this is a story uh, from a Bloomberg uh, uh, website. Flying trains. Uh, A French entrepreneur makes the pitch to Boeing. Uh, A plane that lands on a runway shrugs its wings off, turns into a train, and rolls onto wheels and gets on the rails to drop you off at your local station. Kind of an interesting concept. That's what this French entrepreneur who's made millions by connecting engineers with industrial groups is pitching to Boeing and others. Link and Fly is ACA Technologies' new flagship aircraft uh, designed with wings that come off to hasten turnover at airports and make boarding easier and closer to passengers' homes. After cars go electric and autonomous, the next big disruption will be in airplanes. Uh, Boeing is among prime customer targets for ACA as it seeks to limit its dependence on the likes of Airbus SE and Renault SA in Europe. The futuristic concept is that passengers would board a train-like cube at a neighborhood station and have their retina scanned for security during the ride to the airport. Wings would then be attached to the pod for takeoff. The company has showcased the idea in a 3D mock-up video. You can look at uh, YouTube and see that, gathering interest from potential customers. Plane makers have begun to react as technology companies come up with disruptive ideas. From Uber's investments in flying taxis to Kitty Hawk, a startup backed by Google's co-founder Larry Page, that's creating a battery-powered single-person plane. Airbus took the offensive with a new division to oversee transport of the future, while Boeing has made a noisy uh, foray into jetpacks. While ACCA is not banking on convincing a plane maker to necessarily build the entire link-and-fly concept, it's getting on the design to be uh, an attention grabber and a showcase, parts of which are likely to end up in customers' commercial aircraft down the line. For plane makers and the companies gravitating around them, uh, Asia and especially China offer opportunities for new business, Chinese plane builder Comac is developing its own fleet and could turn to the European aeronautics ecosystem for technology partners. ACCA, which has a market value of $1.3 billion, whose biggest shareholder is Ricky employs engineers that customers can hire on a project basis as consultants. The company developed an autonomous car concept in 08 and in fourteen partner with DeSalt Systems to offer services to car makers. Their stock has risen about 23% this year, multiple times the 1.8% increase in the benchmark and a matching jump in the broader SBF 120 index. So they generate 75% of its sales in France and Germany, became more dependent on auto manufacturing with takeover of a Daimler engineering unit about seven years ago, So what they're looking, planes need to be uh, more efficient, less polluting, less noisy. Our role is to point our customers to technologies of the future. So something to look forward to, you know, in the future. You know, we've talked about how autonomous vehicles may, in the next 10 years, make it where most of us aren't driving our own cars anymore. But when you get ready and you need to go somewhere, you call for an autonomous car, comes to your uh, wherever you live, wherever you're at, picks you up, takes you to where you want to go, comes back, picks you up again, takes you home or takes you somewhere else. And now it looks like uh, for you know travel in the future, we're going to get, uh, you know in uh, a bus that's going to travel around. Uh, pick us up again retina scan to make sure that you are clear uh, so that you're not going to have a bunch of people around you uh, checking uh, you know certain body areas and things of that nature till you get to the airport then they're going to have TSA kind of things uh, as well but uh, attach uh, the wings and the engines and stuff to it it's going to be kind of like remember that old Kind of, it wasn't a cartoon. It was a, um, it was puppets. The Thunderbirds, remember that, uh, Russ? The Thunderbirds, the mannequins that flew the, all the rockets and all of that kind of stuff. Looks like that's what we're going to get here. So the big plane comes up, goes down, picks up like uh, uh, the uh, the device that the people up around the area, and then flies them to wherever it is that they're going to. Uh, it's going to take you to the airport. Then you're going to have to make your way to a gate because not everybody gets on that, that bus is going to the same place. So you'll have to make your way around. But might cut down on the number of cars on the highway because not everybody would have to drive uh, to the airport. So um, we'll see what comes out of it. It's right now in the hope for uh, area of entrepreneurs. But that's the way things change. Somebody comes up with an idea, some people put money behind it, and if it's successful, pardon the pun, it takes off. If it isn't, it crashes and burns. And uh, that means that it doesn't go anywhere. That's what's great about capitalism. That will not happen very often in socialism. Nobody wants to take a chance in socialism. All right, uh, we got about three minutes here. Let me tell you about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a great show. J.R. Davis will start off with us from the governor's office. Uh, We'll talk about uh, the the five licenses that were given out to the marijuana cultivators. We'll talk about that when they think that they'll see the first, uh, you know, uh, medicinal marijuana be out there so that you can go out and buy it if you happen to have a license from your doctor. Uh, We talked some about that yesterday. We had the uh, marijuana, uh uh, Arkansas marijuana, uh, association on cannabis association and talked to them about all of this. And they thought <coughs> sometime next uh, March in 2019, we would see the first product out on the market. Uh, in the second hour you've heard, you know, all the stuff they're trying to do about opioids and there's some legitimate concerns that there's people that are misusing, Uh, opioids. But there's people that need opioids to control their pain. And a lot of uh, politicians are wanting to say, well, you only get, you know, seven a week. Well, maybe if you happen to have a, a terminal disease or a disease that causes a lot of pain, maybe you need 14. So what happens when they just tell you, you can only get seven, I guess you just live with the pain. We're going to have some people whose pain is uh, controlled by opioids on the show tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. So uh, the uh, female power panel will be in. Elizabeth's going to be here. Shelly will be here. Then uh, I bring my testosterone to the table as well. And we'll uh, have a great show for you tomorrow. You won't want to miss it. It's going to bring up some interesting questions, I believe. A lot of people, you know, don't think about the people who need... Uh, pain control, and sometimes the only thing that truly will control your pain is an opioid. All right, wraps it up today for the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. We'll join uh, together again at 2 o'clock. Have a great evening. I'll see you then.